I get insecure. I'm like, at what point does the length become a barrier for some people? I don't think anyone has ever complained about it, have no. they? No. no. Save it for the Magic Mike conversation, please. <laughs> <laughs> in Detroit. I'm Meredith, the MVH. I don't even know what my last name is anymore. And this show has everything. Strippers, sadness, alligators, meth, housing bubbles, murder, pastel art deco. You guessed it. This week, our TC road trip is bringing us to Florida. We are enjoying watching panhandle Republican Matt Gates implode so much that we thought we would do a whole show about the state that he calls home, at least when he isn't transporting minors across state lines. Oof. <laughs> Joining me today to discuss everyone's favorite state from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's my fellow mastermind and with a plan lend home. Hello. That was weird. And that was weird. Sorry. <laughs> well, I liked it. It was very Michigan J Frog. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and in New Job Studios in Boston, Massachusetts, it's Robbie Bape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess I should add that to the small talk, yeah, shouldn't I? Because that's we'll going to make sense. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, of course, in middle-aged Momish Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Livingston Butler. Hello. I'm ready with my, like, baby oil, ready to go tan out on <laughs> Miami Beach. I'm there. I thought that was going to be for the stripper part. <laughs> well, that too. And last but not least, in the Who Ate All the Girl Scout Cookie Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's Christy Wise. Hello. That's the easiest question ever. (laughs) I knew the answer. It was rhetorical. Um, On Tishi today, we've got some small talk for you, including some job news and a spooky tale of things that go bump in the basement. Um, We're going to snuggle up and go through your perfect sick days, which was our question of the week last week. Medium talk will bring us to the great state of Florida. We'll have a Tishi Recommends and let you know how you can get involved with the show. And on to small talk. Bobby, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So I don't know if it counts as small talk that my entire life is changing. (laughs) Which is a little bit. Yeah. It's just a little bitty topic. (laughs) A little blip. Uh, Yeah. And not just because I've been renamed Rob Bape, uh, (laughs) according to one salesman. Uh, But uh, where to begin? Let's see. Uh, I've been a little cagey the last few weeks and uh, at least on the show. And I've been a little distracted as well because I am proud to announce as the day this comes out. Uh, will be my first day as the new Director of Development and Marketing of the Albany Symphony in beautiful upstate New York, the capital region, Albany, New York, home of the Steamed Hams and a great (laughs) orchestra and so many other uh, wonderful things. Uh, This has been in process for many, many, many weeks now, uh, and it was a a great process, but an exhausting process interviewing. And uh, I am excited. So we're going to have to rename the studios. Uh, I'm going to be splitting my time between Boston and Albany. Sam's going to be staying in Boston, working in Boston uh, until further notice. It's only about two and a half hours away. And so uh, I'm going to spend a couple of days a week there and here. And with everybody mostly working remotely these days anyway, I've got some time to settle in. Uh, but the Albany Symphony is a is a great 
much larger organization than Boston Music Aviva. Um, I'm going to have a, a team of uh, fundraisers and marketing folks working with and for me. And uh, they're they're great. They're the largest arts cultural organization in the capital region, upstate New York. And um, they do a lot of good work and they do a lot of contemporary music as well, which is one of the reasons I was so attracted to the job. And somehow I've convinced them that I am an adult grown up. And there's a chance that this is the first episode of TSHE that some of them will hear. And so uh, let's try not to ruin that. Thanks. You should have told me that ahead of time. We are very mature. Grown-up. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I was watching Magic Mike on an iPad while doing dishes in the kitchen this morning, wondering what I had done with my life. So. Very grown up. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, yeah. I think the question that I have is, what does this do to your frequent flyer miles accounts? Yeah. You'll be driving, not flying every week, right? I will be driving and I'll be back and forth probably more often, actually, just because it's so much more convenient. Um, we need to buy another car. We have successfully purchased one car to replace the car that was totaled recently when Sam got rear-ended. Now we need to go buy another one. Basically, we're just going to push the limits of how many times our credit can get checked. Sure. (laughs) Uh, uh, But yeah, it's probably going to be the end of my medallion status for Delta. No. No, no. But for at least the next couple of months, my my hotel status is going to be great because (laughs) I'm still working on that. Uh, There's a Hampton Inn two blocks from the office that I think is going to become my home away from home until I, uh, until I get an apartment. So it was, uh, it's not Marriott. That's my biggest problem, but uh, I guess I'll just be flexing my, my uh, Hilton Honors account instead for a while. Sweet. Well, congratulations. That's really exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm pretty jazzed about it. You know, I, I saw the job posting and my first instinct was, I'm not going to move. And then I was looking at jobs in Boston. And obviously you all have been following that Boston Music Aviva is pretty quiet right now and is probably not going to be changing anytime soon. I'm staying on with Viva part time. I'm going to still be able to use this office and help them continue on uh, into whatever's next for them. So everybody's being really flexible about that. And um I just uh, saw the chance to go work for another community orchestra like my good old days in Buffalo and decided I couldn't pass it up. So it worked out really well, and it was sort of a good a good match. I think I reached out to them, and we'll see if anybody over there hears this and calls me out on it. But I suspect I was their best candidate early on, and then I just spent a lot of time meeting board members and stuff to convince them that I was a good choice. So, mm. um, I, you know, I think I've already got buy-in from a lot of people and um, – yeah, I think it's going to be good. They're they're um they're very comfortable. You know, I went and hung out in the office last week, and we literally had a pizza party. Woo-hoo. And uh, nice. I realized that was kind of my kind of people. I I really was dreading after this job going somewhere where I was going to like wear a suit and tie every day and be all stuffy. And <laughs> this is not going to be that job. I'm going to. They have like be... caviar there. They're like, this is... <laughs> you have to wear a tux to work. <laughs> I do find that the Baltic Sea caviar is a tad more flavorful. I mean, so there's it, it, the stereotypes around the symphony orchestra world uh, aren't entirely out of nothing. Uh, and so the more I can do to defy them, the better. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an upstate kid. So going back to upstate New York is... Uh, is exciting to me. I'll still be a few hours away from my mother, so that's fine. And, uh, <laughs> Safe enough away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so now we're going to own a house in Buffalo, and we're going to have an apartment in Boston, and we're going to have an apartment in Albany. And so we're just real estate moguls. Sounds okay. about right for you yeah. guys. Yeah, exactly. Your empire is growing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and on the car front, uh, we, we labored over how to replace our beloved 2016 Toyota Corolla in blue that got totaled. 
Uh, and uh, after all that was said and done, we finally settled on a 2019 Toyota Corolla in red. <laughs> Taking some chances. Yeah, I'm glad to see you're branching out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the black 2017 Toyota Corolla was mine until we sold it. And uh, we just, uh, we know what we like. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in fact, the uh, the used one has a whole lot less miles on it than the one that was totaled. And, Not um, for long. No. Yeah. Well, we're still trying to figure out whose car is going to be what. And, you know, we're back and forth about maybe buying something bigger for around town or maybe just another Corolla. We got to find a color we haven't had yet, um, <laughs> but uh, yes, we found it on a Honda dealership lot. It was a lease trade in, and um, we walked in. I, I called from like we were having lunch at a TGI Fridays down the street. Again, very classy. <laughs> and I called them and I said, "Can we just come look at it like right now?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure. Let's get you an appointment set up." And we went in and we got a salesman who. You ever meet a salesman who you want to? You want to help him because you think he's he's probably probably kind of needs the sale. <laughs> and here we are being like, nope, we already know. We just we want that one. And he's like, do you want to test drive it? And I was like, does it drive like a Toyota Corolla? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, no, I think we got it. <laughs> I, dr- I did a lap around the parking lot and was like, yeah, hey, it's a Corolla. Great. Um, and we we gave it to him and his name was Luis and he wanted to be my best friend. And I lost count of the number of times he offered me a bottle of water. And when we came <laughs> oh. back... When we came back, he kindly had written up a sold sign to put on it, and he named us Rob and Sam Bape. <laughs> Aww. Bape is kind of fun to say. Yeah. Bape. I guess it could be like Bape. Or... <laughs> and it is sort of like a capital B, a capital A, a capital P, and then a lowercase E. So... <laughs> he couldn't fit it on. It's like when you're writing happy birthday, and all of a sudden you're like, I ran out, I'm out of room. room. <laughs> it gets smaller, and it kind of curves down to the right. It's the first time Pape has not fit on something. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was uh, adorable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's really the only way I could think to put it. Like, he was just, he said he's been in the business a couple of years. Maybe that's true. <laughs> it really didn't feel like it. Um, but we were happy to uh, give him, he was so genuinely friendly and nice, but just um, very eager to be friendly and nice. So, uh, Luis got the sale. And uh, Rob and Sam Bape have taken home a delightful new used car. One down, one to go as we figure out how we're going to live our new bifurcated life. Uh, I think Sam likes me more when I'm gone a couple of days a week. So this ought to be for the best. Um, hey, after after a year sense. in quarantine, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I like a little uh-huh. space to yeah. never hurt. <laughs> it's the classic. How could I miss you if you won't leave kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that explains the locks and the pushing <laughs> and the. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Uh, more more in weeks to come about my life as that changes. Uh, but uh, I'm sure I'll have plenty to say about orchestral music and how, as concerts uh, reopen, you should all go exploring your, your neighborhood orchestra. And uh, if anybody's in the Capital Region and happens to hear this, reach out, because I have very few friends there so far. And it would be great to connect with anybody who's within arm's reach. Cool. All right. Well, congrats and and welcome to the club of having a new last name every time you turn around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm usually pretty immune to that, so I'm uh, I'm excited to give it a go. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, I had a weird thing happen to me, um, and it's a little story I wanted to tell you of a little spookum that happened to me. I was um, I was just here at home working. I was 
uh, by myself. It was, you know, kind of early afternoon and I was hearing these weird clunking sounds. And usually when that happens, I mean, every time that happens, it's a cat doing something sure. stupid. Yeah. Um, and so I, kind of, I was like, I usually go check it out to just to make sure they're not doing something really destructive or terrible or dangerous, but I couldn't find what was happening. And so I was like, oh, well, whatever. And I just went back to work and it kept happening. It kept happening. And I was like, what is this? I was looking around upstairs. I went downstairs, like maybe it's coming from somewhere else and I couldn't find it. And I, so the way that my house is set up, there's the kitchen and then there's a door to the basement. There's a couple of steps that lead to a landing and then there's a door to the outside. That's where the side door is. And then there's more steps to go down to the basement. And I, I stuck my head kind of into the, to the little stairway there. And I heard a thump, like a really loud thump. And then a man going, like a, like somebody dumping a dead body. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. And it was like definitely coming from the basement. And I was like, shit, what the fuck? And it doesn't make any sense that there would be somebody in my basement. There's only one way to get there. And the, it's the side door. And it's like, there's so much junk in front of it that you couldn't get in there if you wanted to. <laughs> it's kind of like where I put the mop bucket and the vacuum cleaner and, you know, all sorts of garbage. And so it didn't make a lot of sense. But, I, you know, I was I was already kind of in a, 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 a freaky mood because that's the wrong word. I was in a I was scared because I was hearing these weird noises to begin with. And then I heard this terrifying grunt. And so there's a door that I can close. That's the only way that I can cook. Um, I throw a bear down there and, and close that door. And so I very, very silently shut that door. I locked it because it locks from that side. And I went outside. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What do I do? And I kind of peeked around the driveway. And there is a huge box of cat litter sitting there that the Amazon driver. Fucking Amazon. And that's all yeah. it was. It was just a guy carrying a heavy thing. And he grunted when he set it down. And he set it on the side door. And it sounded like it was coming from the basement. And I felt like such an idiot. And it had me like keyed up for like an hour afterwards. Yeah. Your heart is beating fast. Yeah. And your like, adrenaline is pumping. It didn't make any sense. Like who's going to break into my house in the middle of the day? There was no way for them to get in there. Dump a body. Get yeah. Out of there. Dump a body in my basement and what crawl out of the coal chute or something. I don't know. It was Kathleen Turner. It's a yeah. <laughs> she switched. <laughs> switched bodies with the Amazon delivery guy. <laughs> It is a little weird that his little delivery scanner makes a chainsaw noise every time he scans a package. Yeah, I guess they must be able to personalize those now. <laughs> so I felt like an idiot. Although in retrospect, I do think that's if there really was a creeper in my basement, that's about the best thing I could have done is lock them in there and leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sort of like, you know, gas leaks or robbers. They sort of use the same principle. Just yeah, yeah. Get out. Get out. But you should so. have taken your big cordless phone with the retractable <laughs> antenna oh, with yeah. you and called 911. It's coming from inside the house. <laughs> well, this is Detroit, so the phone just would have rang and rang and rang forever and nobody would have picked up. So I figured I was on my own. But anyway, nobody broke in. It was just me being paranoid and dumb. And it turns out that clunking noise was just Bear laying underneath the vanity in the bathroom messing up the uh, air diverter over oh, the bear. Yeah, I should have known. And then a couple days later, I was here, I was sitting in the living room and I heard this like scratching and clunking sound coming from the basement. And I was like, all right, Amazon, this isn't funny. Uh, 
But it actually was like immediately. <laughs> it actually was Kathleen Turner. <laughs> no, it was actually a murderer <laughs> in my basement. Uh, no, it was bare on top of the furnace. Um, and the sounds were coming from the air duct. So it's just, it's just always like, it's kind of a crapshoot of what the scary noise is around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the most exciting of- thing. Bears run out of ingredients to eat, and so now he's just eating air. I wouldn't be surprised. I brought home like a, a little thing of like mixed nuts in those little individual packets. Um, it's a good like little diabetic snack. And I set it on the counter and walked away. And ten minutes later, I came downstairs, and he and Link are sitting on the counter chewing holes in it. Like, They're what are you doing? You're not, you don't eat almonds, but I guess they do. Oh, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> That's, okay, can you get like the smoked habanero ones next time? <laughs> they don't care. He will eat. He'll eat a chili pepper. He doesn't care. They don't really have those receptors. I don't oh, think so. It. The heat from those sort of things has never stopped him. The things that he doesn't he doesn't like garlic, raw garlic. So if I'm like crushing it, he'll run away and citrus. So I'll. Is he a like lemon. a vampire? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he does have fangs. He does bite a lot. <laughs> You hold a cross up to him, and you're like, no! <laughs> should get some holy water and see how that goes. So that was my adventure of the week. Well, I'm glad you weren't murdered. Thanks. I guess. Me too. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Well, I mean, I, I guess. Tepid relief weren't. from Anne. Yeah, just above lukewarm. <laughs> well, you're still here. Cool. <laughs> Great. Well, let's take a dip into the mailbag before we get into our main topic. We got a lot of mail this week. Yay. God, why am yeah, I we did. So weird. I don't You're know. singing. You need to sing. Is that what's going on? I guess. Um, maybe I'll sing later. Uh, let's start with our contributions from Angie this week. Uh, Angie sent us a long note and sometimes we condense a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of good content in this. So Angie says, y'all are known in my house as the people in my ears. And back in the day, trying to explain why I listened to a podcast about a podcast was making them (laughs) think I'm crazy. Mm hmm. Uh, ask us how, like, telling people you host a podcast about a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just don't, in yep. my experience. Yep. But you guys were my favorite part of that whole thing, and I certainly look forward to every new episode and even listen back to old ones. Aww. Heart. Thank you, Angie. Thank you. Had to write because I just shocked my family, including my uptight but lovable mom, mentioning Hillary's horny <laughs> corner. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up very sheltered and religious. Couldn't even date till I moved out of the house. And then she says, I'd love to hear a podcast about first dates slash crushes. Anyway, oh I have a 20 and 22 year old son. The oldest fiance was excited to tell me she got him into something British. And I'm a fan of British shows, much to their annoyance. She was talking about Bridgerton, which I've yet to watch, but felt I had to warn her. See, they both grew up in very Christian households, been dating since 16, but, um, quote unquote, waiting till marriage. And then two excited marks. I feel like I know these kids <laughs> this December. And this reflects a bit of their, well, general modesty and entertainment, not pushed by us at all. So I jumped in and told her. I heard from Hillary's horny corner about that show. She's one of the people in my ears. Just be cautious. Mm -hmm. That took a lot of explaining. (laughs) 
As that is a, a safe. That's a good warning, though. I mean, that, that show is, is yes. Yep. As a, a going through menopause and dealing with anxiety and panic attacks mom of two boys, my reputation around here has never really been shown as stable. This episode with my family just put another mark in that column, but they laughed heartily and they love me as I am. So happy ending. Beyonce just recently texted, yeah, we had to stop watching Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> now I have to watch it. Yeah. Oh. Bridgerton is not for anything. So I was having lunch with my mom and my aunt and her husband and their cousin. All of them are very vaccinated by this point. So don't nobody judge me. Um, and they were asking what podcasts I like. And so I was looking at my phone and I try to keep them from listening to this show as much as <laughs> possible. Know. You know, know, every time my aunt asks, how do you download your podcast again? I'm like, oh. Um, so to you later. But I was looking at my list of podcasts and I thought, fuck it. And I said, I really love this podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. So <laughs> now imagine Brave. me trying to explain My Dad Wrote a Porno to four people who range in age from 67 to 80. <laughs> no. And being like, it's not sexy. It's not sexy. Sexy, and they're like, well, pure comedy. Everybody yeah. has their, th and I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> if you find this sexy, you got some problems. <laughs> Something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But they were all looking at me very askance for you know yeah. listening to porn. <gasps> like it's not porn. I mean, it is porn, but <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Um, so then Angie wrote again in very short succession, and I do believe she is going for Andrew Ballard's title of senior executive guest producer. She just wants yeah. to skip guest producer and senior guest producer. Um, she says she has some funny, disastrous wedding stories. Um, what about marriages with divided ideologies, philosophies, religions, politics? Sort of oh. like your... Carvel Madeline kind of oh, affair, yeah. I yeah. guess. That would yeah. be interesting. Uh, also, is it too played out, or could we do a fuck, Mary kill with celebrities or politicians or world leaders? <laughs> I mean, you guys know what my fuck, Mary kill uh, is. Yes. I love that idea. <laughs> and finally... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I said I saw a fuck Mary kill about like um it was such like a Twitter thing. It was like Maddie Glacius, Nate Silver, and oh my God. Ezra Klein, oh. and everybody's like kill <laughs> them all journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Angie has one more idea. Finally, how different we are from our siblings then and now and maybe from moms on the pod episode. Why or how our kids are so different from each other. Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. I wonder yeah. if I could get my sister to at least do a call in. Like she could send us a voicemail. Yeah, that would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Your doppel sister? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Sorry, Bobby, you're out. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have met Meredith's sister, so I can speak to that. Mm -hmm. Yep. We're yep. eerily the same. Yep. <laughs> but I am much stupider than her. What you don't know is that um, uh, her sister actually co-hosts with us every third or fourth episode. <laughs> yeah. You've just never noticed. Yep. I just saw on Facebook, I have a, a couple of friends who are twins, and they posted, it was just their birthday last month, and they posted a picture. They got each other the same bottle of wine for their birthdays. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's cute. You know that's what they like. Cute. Yep. 
Uh, let's move on. Let's do a couple of voicemails. First, I am so delighted by Missy's voicemail because it hits a couple of themes. It's a voicemail. It's a petty grievance, which we did two weeks ago, plus a sick. It's a petty grievance about a sick day, guys. Mm-hmm. This Talk about is an intersection. Amazing. So let's just listen to that right now. So I have a petty grievance that goes along with sick days that I thought I needed to call in about. Uh, This is Missy, by the way, Hillary's best friend of what's coming up on 40 years uh, as her longest friend. Um, So I was known to be a um, hypochondriac as a young child because I had a really mean first grade teacher. It's a long story. So my mom never believed I was sick. In high school, she would never let me come home ever, ever. But she became the second contact for Hillary's, uh, you know, emergency contact to go home. Um, And this was before, like, cell phones were ubiquitous. So, like, if they couldn't reach her mom, which her mom, like, had a job where she escorted authors around, she wasn't, like, available via cell phone, they would call my mom. And my mom let her go home every single time. She and my other best friend, Emily, who is Hillary's best friend also, would call my mom, say they had cramps. Camille would let them go home. I would call and she would say, tough luck, go to class. Uh, so it's a petty grievance about sick days. Um, thank you very much. Bye. Hillary, <laughs> there's a very specific note of irritation in Missy's voice in this <laughs> voicemail. That... She seems like she might be a little bit bitter about this. <laughs> a little bit. I think. She is hanging on to this. And I don't disagree (laughs) that this is worth hanging on to. Listen, I just saw my opportunity and I knew that it would work. Sorry that she was a hypochondriac growing up, but she screwed herself. (laughs) She's the girl who cried wolf. (laughs) What? She's Uh, the girl who cried mean first grade teacher. (laughs) I know she did have a mean first grade teacher. I was so scared of her name was Miss Oshlo. I was so scared of her. And she really like, I couldn't understand. I couldn't have had her. I would have crumbled under the pressure of this teacher. She always gave detention. But... Uh, yes, I would pretend I had cramps and or whatever. And I don't know how I just was like, skip my mom. Just like skip like don't she's not she's working. Like she's not going to answer. the phone. <laughs> she's not going to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Or my dad assume oh, he's at work like he has a work phone. <laughs> but um, but I but yes, I definitely used Camille, who is like my second mother. You know, to be fair, though, Missy loves to call me out in front of my mom. So it's not like this, she's this innocent fawn that was there. If I would misuse a word, she'd be like Kathleen. Well, she called her Kathleen. She'd be like Kathleen. Hillary's using this word wrong. So we have like a sort of we have known each other for almost 40 years. So we did sort of have like somewhat of a Sibling, sibling situation uh we loved each other but are very different and uh you know what i just used what i had and it worked <laughs> well i want Sorry. all the dirt on hillary it's what oh, i want she has missy. it she has yeah, keep it. it coming missy this she is has great. it i know she knows i like it um and then we got another voicemail from i'm characterizing her as carolyn with the blue hair as she self-identified, and she sent us a voicemail about a particular sick day that she had. And it was a very, I don't know if there's ever an opportune time to be sick, but an inopportune day to be home sick. Hi, Tishi. This is listener Carolyn with the blue hair. I figured I'd call this one in because it's sort of a doozy. You asked about memorable sick days as a child. 
Well, I happened to have a sick day on January 28th, 1986, which happens to be the day that the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded after takeoff. I had a strep throat and I was on like day three or four, like the day where you start feeling better. And I had a TV in my room, so I very cleverly unplugged the cable from the main TV in the front of the house and plugged it in back in my bedroom so that I could watch on TV and be in bed, which I thought was certainly the height of decadence. And, uh, you know, I watched a major piece of American history happen right in front of my face. And then I threw up, which I don't think was related to the strep throat. So then a couple of hours later, my dad called me because he wanted to know if I had heard, you know, had been awake and watched the TV and heard anything. And I kind of played it off because I didn't really want to talk about the fact that I'd seen it in person, so to speak. Um, But it was good that he called because then I remembered that I needed to take the cable back to the living room. And that's all I have. Do you guys, did you guys watch the, ch- I mean, Bobby didn't watch the Challenger, you were like well, I mean, a fetus, I, but. I'm, I, excuse me, I was, uh, I mean, I was several months old, months old at that point. <laughs> I, I very was, well what, may have been parked in front of the television for it. I was three, I think, so no. My sister had actually done a fake sick day and I was so mad at her because <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, she's lying. And then. We watched it in class, and then they just sent us home. They said, just go home. Oh, like, we just walked yeah. home, like, all sad. So she sad wasted and... her sick day. Yep. Uh-huh. So I got home, and she was playing, and I'm like, the baby? We called her the baby until way too late. <laughs> the baby gets to play on sick day? Are you joking? <laughs> this is bullshit. You got caught. It got caught in the act. Like, they were like, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. I'm 99% sure we watched it, because there was, you know, Krista McCall. That was her name, right? Yeah, it was the teacher, teacher on it. Yeah. So I think it was like a big deal about watching a teacher go into space. Mm-hmm. The, my problem is, is am I conflating what we did in school with Punky Brewster? To, am I <laughs> like, is that, am I mixing those two? I might be because I, that, I remember watching that. I'm like, mm-hmm. did I just replace my memories with Punky? Which is Did Punky I possible. get stuck in a fridge? Or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Jeremy always points out that Big Bird was supposed to be on the Challenger and then they decide there wasn't enough space. So can you imagine if the oh God if Big Bird exploded. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh dear. I Yeah. I so I was going to the American school in London at that time. And Drink, I, you were drinking tea. I was going to say, yeah. I sound like the fancy yes. one. Eating caviar at lunch. So was it the middle it. of the night for you? Well, we weren't watching it live for sure i don't even think i knew what was happening i i mean nobody paid attention to the challenger i mean or maybe i was just you know nose in the book all the time and i didn't know but i do remember my third grade teacher coming in and telling us that it had happened yeah but that's and i was like eh, i'm okay and I just went on. I mean, I think a combination of being like really good at compartmentalizing and not really understanding having yeah. any context well, for really it. Happening. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, didn't I know. lived in an I lived in an Air Force town, so any type of thing like this was like pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it? Not the Challenger. One of those that starts with the C actually landed at the airport once. 
and Columbia on their base. Something. Yeah, I think mm. it, it later exploded, but not. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. Columbia. <laughs> yeah. And we got to see it land, which was pretty cool. Um, not a really great track record with the shuttles. No. We no. lost yeah. like two out of seven or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like we were driving them to the corner store to get milk or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Hillary, what was it like when Buzz Aldrin came to talk to you after the Challenger explosion? <laughs> it was wonderful. You know, I really learned a lot. He's quite a character. So where's a lot of bracelets? <laughs> Those weird suits. Um, the other thing that I got a kick out of in Carolyn's voice memo was the... Um, the detail that she very cleverly unplugged the cable from the main TV and yes, pulled it into yes, her yes. own room. Yes. Took it up. That's some thinking for being yes, like You got away with old. it. Like, that's mm-hmm. slick. And remembering to put it back. I am always so annoyed with my kids because, uh, I mean, for a myriad reasons, but like... <laughs> When they try to be sneaky with shit, I'm like, do a better job being sneaky right. because yeah. I can see your traces everywhere. You don't cover your tracks. You are too comfortable in this house. You need to be scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really irritates me. I'm like, be slicker than you are. Just There's like crumbs everywhere. Rory eats all these snacks and it's like, you know a binge eater eating snacks like there's like just like wrappers surrounding him and i'm like throw your shit i wouldn't be mad if there wasn't trash everywhere now see rory can come to me and i'll (laughs) give him some tips because when i had illicit candy i had a plastic bag that i would put the wrappers in and then i would put the bag in the flower bed outside my window like the window flower bed yeah and then when that got full full I would. This is when we were living in an apartment. I would sneak it down to the dumpster without putting in any of the trash cans in the house. So perfect. it's perfect. I know these kids. Yeah, just pick up. Like pretend you're picking up, <laughs> and then I'll be like, "Oh my god, he's cleaning." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I take your point, Hillary, because when I you know when I was a teaching assistant and people would try to cheat on homework. It wasn't the cheating that offended me. It was the laziness of the cheating. Like, if you're going to copy out, uh, like, write another copy of your homework for your buddy who didn't bother to do it and didn't bother to come to class, just don't put them in the stack together when you turn them in. (laughs) Just, you know, put one on the bottom and one on the top so that I won't grade them one after the other and be like... This looks familiar. (laughs) You have to be smooth. Like in my middle school social studies class, when instead of reading a news article and then writing up a cover sheet for it, I would print out articles from The Onion. (laughs) And it it took our social studies teacher like six weeks to realize I had been doing that every week because she graded them so quickly. (laughs) You just have to... You don't even have to be creative like Bobby. You just have to not be (laughs) obvious about it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Children different color pen so it's a good start mm-hmm. yep um so thanks for those voice memos that was cool let's go on to the question of the week answers what's your perfect sick day I mean, we already got a start on that from carolyn um good one here gregory just says chicken noodle soup heated blanket sword in the stone i do love sword in the stone mm-hmm. and we're talking the disney one right yes That's we so watched good. it a couple months ago again it's good. Then I okay. This is for you, Gregory. To and fro, stop and go. That's what makes the world go round. In and out, thin and stout. That's what makes the world go round. I love that goddamn movie. Aww. Yay! That's what you were gearing up for. <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna get some singing. 
Uh, Linda says, my heated throw, jammies, tea, and multiple episodes of Doctor Who. You could be sick for eight years and never (laughs) get through all the episodes of Doctor Who, so that's good. Libby says, British historical fiction, TV shows slash movies, even when they yell, it's not startling. Loads of blankets and pillows while I wear summer PJs so I can control my body temp. Water and hot tea to drink. All curtains closed and lights off. Wow. That sounds kind of nice, just in mm-hmm. general. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. Libby has a system. Amanda says a comfy couch, some easygoing TV like HGTV or Hallmark Channel. If I have a cold, I love hot tang. <laughs> yep, the powdered orange stuff made with hot water. You had some questions about that, Bobby. <laughs> uh well, you know, I, I just, I had never heard of that before, but apparently it's generational. Apparently a whole world thought that hot orange drink was a good choice <laughs> before I came along. I was always jealous of the people that had Tang. Like yeah. that was in their house. It was My such a said, sensation. It really was. What was exciting. in it though? Sugar, um, I mean, mean, sugar and orange, right. sugar orange and carcinogens, <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, I have, uh, I've been trying to drink more water lately, and we have these refillable Nalgene water bottles, and I've been mixing and matching different um, of those liquid concentrate squirt flavors of uh-huh. like crystal light. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they're just super convenient, and it's easier than buying like vitamin water and carrying it up the stairs to the third floor apartment. And all of them have the fake sugar in them because that's how they can make that tiny little bottle so concentrated because yep. real sugar, you know. So they're all the fake sugar. And there is a Tang one, and I bought it just because I had that same thought. We've been through this many times. Being a relatively poor kid growing up, I never had any of that crap, which is why when I got to college, there was always Capri Sun in my fridge mm-hmm. because it was like, I can just buy Capri Sun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, I bought some of the, the Tang, and I, I don't think it lives up to the original powder greasy griminess at the bottom of your glass from regular tang because it's just not it's not the same of course maybe it's because i didn't try it hot maybe 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 you should go back and do that again i think it was tang and then like nestle quick was the other one i was intensely jealous of (laughs) sure yeah when other people had that if it was just sugar then why did they use it why did they use it in the space program I don't know. That's what it was invented. That's for, true. Right? It, yes. Yeah. Tang yes. was a serendipitous discovery of the space program. <laughs> mm, There's lots tang. of weird things that you wouldn't associate with the space program. Tang mm-hmm. covers up yeah. that faint urine flavor of the recycled water. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Okay, Brody. let's go. Let's go back to sick days. Uh, Anne yeah. says I'm taking one probably on May seventh for the first time in nine plus years. Oof. Diet squirt, saltines with non-dairy cream cheese, hot black tea with milk and sugar. We'll probably burn through some episodes of The Crown because how much of the thread can I really lose? That's true. <laughs> yeah. The Crown. I feel bad for DMX dying because when you die on the you same know. day as Prince Philip, yeah. I mean, I know. you're not going to get Except any Except for attention. some people are sad about that and some people are, don't care that Prince Philip died. <laughs> I would consider Including myself. Me. Not caring. Yeah, yeah. But our our local news. I I don't know what channel was on, but Sam put the TV on, and the local news led with Prince Philip dying at ninety nine, and they clearly didn't have like a national prepackaged thing, so they were just showing like whatever B roll they could find, and then like the local anchors were going on and on and on about Prince Philip (laughs) dying, and I was just like, is there not a house fire somewhere or a traffic jam somewhere? Gives a shit about Prince Philip's. I think he looked like he's one step away from been, dying for about the last 10 years. Right. Or he's They've been, been propping him up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was my other question was like, how is this not ready? 
Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, really. Right. Everyone should have that obit on hand. Yeah. And like, he can't run anybody off the road now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Heather says two words: Nyquil coma. Best sleep ever. Yeah, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, then Heather says, okay, I have more words. <laughs> it sucks to be a stay-at-home mom and have to parent when sick. I've been there. Once I had mm-hmm. kids in daycare, there is nearly nothing better than taking your mm-hmm. well kids to daycare and or school mm-hmm. while acting like you're going to work, but then actually going home to sleep. I'm good once or twice a year for that. It's the best. You know nice. what's even better is a daycare that of my kids that I didn't actually love because it was kind of expensive, but they were open all the time. Like they were close Christmas day and like Thanksgiving day. And that's basically it. And so, you know, my work would have I don't know, president's day off or something, you know, that Monday. And I would happily take my kids to school, uh, to daycare, like bye. And then just peace out and go home, not sick and just enjoying the day by myself. I was like, yes, it's the best. I am paying for it, but, go away that's just a sanity check baby yeah. yes it is you have yes, to that's mental yep. health days or yep. you give them some tylenol and send them off to school <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> sorry about it you'll be Hi. fine hey, you'll be fine yep. uh alicia says i can't explain or defend it but sick days in middle school were all about sally jesse Raphael, ricky lake and montel jordan yes. vanessa yes. from the cosby show had one of those shows for a minute too mm-hmm. but yes, that aged did. well watch that oh and ginger ale so wasn't Vanessa from the Cosby Show wasn't that called Tempest? Did it have yes. the yep. exclamation point? I'm pretty so. sure it did. I'm like 99 percent sure it did. What a weird talk show. I'm looking it up. Tempest Ledge. According to Wikipedia, which whatever it said it was called the Tempest Bled Show Show, also called Tempest. <laughs> so, okay, good. You know. I'm not losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She had two T's at the end. I don't yeah. think I knew that. Wow. I always, okay. in my head, I always pronounce it as Tempest. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm so she glad was... we got to share that on T-Sheet. She was my least favorite of the Cosby kids. I just found her annoying all the time. Let's put a pin in the definitive the definitive ranking coming next week on t Guys, come on. Rudy. Mm-hmm. Look, come on. I was the Rudy. Yeah, I was right. the Rudy. Rudy. But what about Olivia? When you throw in the four seasons, no, bring in a cousin no, Oliver? she's the Oliver. I can't with that. Oh, I thought Olivia's cute. Now, she's I was, precious. I was a fan of Elvin. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> Elvin is great. Every time he's on something, I'm like, oh, Elvin. Elvin. I know. And uh, what's her face? Felicia Rashad. What's her, what's her character's name? Um, Claire. Claire, yeah, duh. Claire really was the best out of all of them. She was. I mean, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, the worst one is obviously <laughs> Bill. I mean, <laughs> there's, we're going to rank. Right. Yeah. Or Cliff. Yeah, Cliff Huxtable. God. That's sort of weird that he was an obstetrician. You know, <laughs> in their house. GYN in the basement of their house. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see his credentials. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I would be comfortable going to a basement gynecologist. <laughs> I know. No. I think something weird about that. And he didn't have like a receptionist or anything. No. no. Who did the paperwork? <laughs> I don't know. It was so weird. I'm just concerned about the, the bevy of possible show titles that could get me fired <laughs> immediately <laughs> on this my first week of my new job. Basement gynecologist is really close. <laughs> don't worry, Bobby. I'll protect you. 
Uh, Kalina oh. says, 12-year-old me, couch, grilled cheese, chicken soup, matlock, and dialing for dollars on Q13. <laughs> I that one. 40-year-old yes, me, couch, weighted blanket, grilled cheese, pho, Star Trek movie marathon. Oh. Yeah. That, that works. Great. Watch those aliens with the bumpy foreheads, Kalina. Yeah. Yeah. That says, when I was a kid, my mom would pull out the couch. Remember when pull-out couches were Oh, uh, yes. I wanted one so badly. Mm-hmm. When I got all tucked in, she would let me pick a bunch of movies, usually Disney. She'd make me chicken soup, the Campbell's kind with the stringy noodles, and let me have Sprite. Now I would just take a long shower, put on PJs, get my favorite blanket, some Sprite, and homemade chicken noodle, nap on and off, and just feel fuzzy and comfy. I hear you on the ch- mm-hmm. the Campbell's chicken noodle soup with the stringy yeah. noodles. <laughs> yep. Although I like a good chicken and stars every once in a while. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Um, I have had Bet's homemade chicken noodle soup. Ooh. And it is, I think, the best. I, I will say maybe I'll tie it with my own just to try to shine my own star a little bit here. Her homemade chicken noodle soup was excellent i can't it was early on it was about a year ago it was when we were still trying to figure out the pandemic and i shaved and it was scared by my own (laughs) bald face and and she was just preparing food for people because that's her natural instinct and she basically said to us i'm bringing you some of the soup (laughs) you don't have a choice i'm bringing you some of my soup and we had it and it was it was spectacular and it was it's quite memorable. So, Bet, actually, if you want to either share the recipe or just start up some sort of service for the listeners, that would be great. We can Hell yeah. freeze and ship it or something. I'll take some. Yes. Put it in the Tishi store. Yes. I don't know if everybody who listens knows, but Bet is a professional pastry chef. Yes. And so she has other culinary talents as well. Her her pastries are beautiful. They are yes, so they great. Are. Yeah. Yes, they are. I dream someday. Well, and finally, Carolyn says, I was one of those kids who was left alone as soon as it was socially acceptable. Since this was the late 70s slash early 80s, I was home alone on sick days starting around age eight. Most days I'd have microwave chicken soup, saltines with margarine, and Oreos if they were available. TV was game shows all morning, then Another World and Days of Our Lives in the afternoon. I watched Another World for a while in college, Carolyn. Uh, now I sleep a lot, take baths, and don't look at screens. I read a physical book if I'm feeling up to it. Well, you're just so fancy. You can make join. everyone else look bad. <laughs> I know. A physical book. Bobby. <laughs> Some caviar. A martini. <laughs> Uh, so thank you guys. Those were great prescriptions for sick days, fake or real. Yes. Yeah. That was fun. It's like making me, I mean, I don't want to get sick, but I'm like, that kind of sounds nice. No, <laughs> I was trying to think about my perfect sick day, but it was a good week for me to be off because I get sick so seldom, not to brag. Yeah. <laughs> and if And if I was sick, my mom definitely made me go to school unless I was actively barfing. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of material for sick days. I think if I'm sick now, I would just sleep. Yeah. 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 And that's usually kind of the best recipe for it. Oh, goodness. All right. From sick days to, I don't know, sick minds. In yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. We're taking the road trip. It's, you know, it's about... It's a little bit later in Texas. I mean, it's it's a little bit earlier in Texas, but I think right now in Washington State, it's it's just about spring break time, right? Uh, uh yep, spring break ends yesterday. 
Yeah. Al, so we're we're joining on down to the lovely slash disgusting state of Florida. Um, I you know, it was when it came up, we were like, okay, yeah, we definitely have to devote a whole show to it. And I just feel like when we were thinking about the movies, I I feel like we before we get into it, we have to briefly each discuss like our relationship and our feelings on Florida. Like <laughs> just quickly, like how you feel about it. Do you go? Is it a place that you think about, uh, et cetera? Um, and why don't you go first? Um, I've been to Florida to go to Disney world when I was 15 and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know Florida. See most of the, Minnesotan old people who go places in the winter, it's either Florida or Arizona. And yeah. we, yeah. both sides of my family are in Arizona. Yeah. Going people. So I never did the visiting my grandparents in Florida thing. I know the twins play spring training in Fort Myers, Florida. So I always kind of thought about that. But it's always seemed like a place where a lot of bad decisions have been made <laughs> yes. to me. Yeah. Yes. Agree, and that's really about all I know of the yeah of Florida, Um, Bobby. Um, I love our listeners in Florida. (laughs) Here (laughs) we go. Disclaimer: You're great, Uh, and uh, uh, you know you are the bright spots in what is the the. Dangling embarrassment <laughs> appendage <laughs> of the United States. I mean, the rest of the country is not far behind you for no. what it's worth. I mean, uh, we're, please, we're I going, live in Texas. Come on, yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> we're falling apart here, but uh, yeah, I mean, Florida has always just sort of been uh, in my mind that uh, that punchline of uh, you know God's waiting room and <laughs> where people go to uh, just be. Just, you know, when I think of bath salts, I think of Florida. I, mean, I guess that's basically the best way to, to to put them together. And I had not been to Florida uh, uh, until a couple of years ago when Sam basically said, we need to go to Florida for the long weekend because you need to go to Disney and Universal. You need to experience that because I had never experienced that. She occasionally has to go for work conferences like long weekend things um, a couple times a year for one of her professional associations. And they always do... Like, uh, they all go to a St. Pete resort and do it there for like a day and a half. And then it's an excuse to be on the beach for a couple of days. And I have tried to go with her on that trip twice. And for uh, extenuating circumstances, either I haven't been able to go or the trip has been canceled. So we just could never make it happen. And I finally went and I did that. And yeah, Orlando felt like just a, just a, just a disaster of a, I don't know. There's a good line in Brockmire about about how central Florida is just hell. Well, yeah. And and so (laughs) that's always been my impression of Florida always. And of course we're going to talk through some of these movies and I don't know that that helps that impression. Uh, (laughs) There are some movies that didn't make the cut. Um, You know, I had thought about bringing the Truman show, uh, which is a a movie that's worth a revisit. Um, But, and you know, we'll, we'll do it another time. But like, Everything just feels so fake about Florida. And that's what I took from the Truman Show, which is like everything that seems ideal about Florida or like Edward Scissorhands, same thing. Like it's so it's either it's artificial, I think, because Disney gives me that impression, too. Yeah. So that's my Florida take. I think you make a good point in that if you're not on the ocean, 
What's what the point? is the point? Is the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yep. there are no redeeming qualities. Yep. Um, Meredith. Um, I've been a couple of times. I, the first time was when I think I was 12. My best friend, um, her mom decided that we were going to go for spring break and we drove straight through. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and we stayed at, I think it was a motel because they had a little pool and the first day we laid out and we were like, oh, it's cloudy. We don't need sunscreen. And we got burnt to a crisp. Oh, no. Yep. And the next day we were like, okay, oh. we need to go to the ocean. And there was red tide and none of us could breathe and we had to leave. So <laughs> oh, that's all I remember from that trip. I've been to Sarasota to visit friends' grandparents. And then a couple years ago, I went to... Miami for my friend Jocelyn's third wedding reception. Not her third wedding. Her She had several <laughs> celebrations for the same wedding. Uh, and she's from Miami. And so it was like Palmetto Bay is where her parents live. Um, so did that whole kind of Miami thing. Stayed there for a week or so. Um, I don't know. It's uh, full of old people. <laughs> terrible drivers there's some beautiful scenery i feel like it's kind of wasted on the people there <laughs> um but like all the all the um architecture it's very much like the michigan suburbs it's so much and probably because those people are the ones who retire and go live down there right like there are all these strip malls everywhere it just it just looks like ex-burb michigan um so it's nothing new, except that I am still eternally charmed by palm trees, so I like that. But other yeah. than that, I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. Um, Christy? Um, I went to Florida once. I f- um, flew in to take a cruise, uh-huh. and uh, everything that Meredith just said. Like, it <laughs> is flat, and palm trees, and everything looks like um, like it's all, like, Applebee's and Bubba Gump Shrimp yep. and I hate those places and it reminded me so much of Arizona which they call the Florida of the West totally so um they're very similar in that um it's very far for here yeah and yeah. I basically said I mean I I didn't even get to really explore I took the took the you know someone picked me up from the airport and we instantly got on the cruise and then the same with the way home so well, when you live on I the west coast yeah, Florida or Hawaii, right? Yes. Yeah. Sort of. I'd rather go to Hawaii, distance. right? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to go to um, the Harry Potter world there because the one here is like a fraction of of it. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think I ever need to go to Florida ever again. That was impressive. the the whole The whole Harry Potter, and of course, it means nothing to me compared to actual fans yeah. of Harry Potter. <laughs> but I could tell that it was an incredible experience for people who cared. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's the other thing is the, it was 2018 and the, um, airport was filled with reelect Trump hats, oh, like God. shirts and hats. And I'm like, I Oof. feel gross. Like we might die here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you made it out alive. I was actually, I was thinking about, cause I have definitely have an attitude about Florida. Um, I don't know if it's like, I'm from a big state, you know, that's sort of famous, like you know, it's like I feel competitive or something with like who can be shittier? I don't know. But um <laughs> I when I was little, I mean I definitely went to Disney World, but I was a little little kid. Um and then for spring breaks a couple of times we went to Miami once with Missy. She came. Um I'll I have a picture of us playing with the um like crocodile raft she bought while in Florida. Um and um 
and then we went to Fort Lauderdale a couple of times, but I was little, so it was like it seemed really like oh, it's a beach, you know, with pools and stuff. So it's sure. kind of fun and exciting for me. Now I've been to the Redneck Riviera, like the Destin kind of area, and it is really beautiful there. Like it is actually, I mean, the people there are deplorable, but the <laughs> sorry guys, but the <laughs> beaches are are fantastic because it's really pretty white sand beaches on the Gulf and you know the water's warm. It's really nice. Um, but I do the only. The last time I went, gosh, now it's been probably about eight years, is one of my friends from college um, is from Jacksonville, which I don't, sorry, Lauren, if you're listening, I don't love Jacksonville. It's fine. There are, like, it's very, it's more Southern seeming there where it's like mossy trees and, you know, the sort of Southern Gothic kind of deal. But my friend Maggie, had, her parents have a condo out on um, Fernandina Island. And out there, it is pretty. It just is, but you have to go, like y'all were saying, you have to drive through the Applebee's-ness of it all, like the suburban feel of it all. And actually, Jacksonville, I think still, is the largest, like, it's the largest city in the U.S. Not, like, population-wise. It's just, like, huge, though. Like and there's geography. Yeah, and there's no, like, because there are a lot of waterways, which makes it, like, scenically pretty, but there's no direct ways to get anywhere. So it takes forever, you know, it takes 45 minutes to get, you know, somewhere as the crow flies it would take five minutes anyway I don't know I have mixed feelings I I'm always confused when I get there Meredith kind of like what you were saying I'm sort of charmed by the palm trees and the water but then when you're actually there you're like this is gross like this just kind of feels gross and weird Mm -hmm. take a picture and leave yes exactly Mm -hmm. okay bye-bye palm trees look great but they are terrible yeah yeah living in California when they um uh, I it was not my car thank goodness but somebody was parked in front of my um my apartment complex and there was a huge palm tree and a, and a palm like fell and just like basically crushed the car. It was just like, boop. Yeah. yeah. I know. They grow so. like weeds and they destroy everything. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to live in a place with palm trees again. So it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you just visit them. Yeah. Look well, at pictures. <laughs> now on to the actual movies, which even though we have, you know, complicated feelings about Florida, I had a great time watching these movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. they were for on, I would say on a whole, like, did I love all of them? No, but like they were fun to watch for the most part. Well, some aren't fun to watch, but like they were <laughs> thought provoking and entertaining and kind of made me laugh uh, uh, movies. So we're going to go ahead and start with maybe the least Florida one, though, I said has a little bit of Florida essence is the big short. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, you need to defend yourself on this one. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't think I need to defend myself on this one because I specifically posed to everyone a conversation about this because we talked about the big short. And then we specifically acknowledged that it wasn't completely set in Florida or even mostly set in Florida. And I even threw out there, you know, is this Florida enough? And then I watched the scene when they first meet the Florida mortgage broker bros. And I thought to myself, Max Greenfield. So (laughs) good. I love him. That is enough Florida for this movie. I mean, I love that movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was just like, this is not. I mean, it would be a real shame if we had to watch it again when we got to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my whole point was that every time I uh, Googled movie set in Florida and, you know, the Jacksonville Herald or whatever it is was like 10 best movies set in Florida. The big short was always on the list. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, right. if they want to claim it. All right. I know. And I love it. It speaks so shittily of, of Florida. Like, it's <laughs> that part. And well, they're like, yeah, there's, there's tons of movies set in Florida. Like, well, they don't need that one. 
I think probably because it was nominated for Best Picture. So they're like, mm-hmm. yes, yes, this it's one us. is yeah. uh, this yeah. is us. This movie that highlighted the the disastrous financial instruments that that destroyed our <laughs> <Right>. economy. <laughs> yep. I mean, Florida doesn't come out of it looking good, so no. I'm not sure why they'd want to yeah. claim it. But I mean, it doesn't look as bad as the banks. Oh, true. In the U.S. Yeah. government. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, The Big Short, the 2015 film based on the uh, book by Michael Lewis, which I have not read. And I, I've thought maybe now that I've watched Big Short two or three times, I should go back and actually read the book. Um, it's a it's a hell of a cast. And, of course, this is the movie about the mortgage crisis and the various groups of uh, oh, white men who realized that they could uh, bet against the housing market because they it, they caught on before everybody else that the system was a giant uh, sham. And so, of course, we get Christian Bale as Michael Burry in an incredible role for Christian Bale uh, and Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling and Brad Pitt Such and a, a bunch cast. of other people. It is, it's yeah, a really yeah. good cast. And yes. they're it's, all complete douchebags yep. yes. every single one of them even the ones that we're supposed to identify with and who sort of seem to understand that this is going to ruin people's lives they are all complete assholes and yep. why would i have thought of florida right <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay okay steve carell's wig i gotta say wow is gosling's is so bad you know, I've seen this movie. I've, this is the second time I've seen it. I knew Brad Pitt was in it, and it took me like a half an hour after he appeared to be like, oh, yeah, that's Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's always like me contending. This is, I mean, Brad Pitt is the, I feel this way about Ben Affleck as well. Well, I don't really think Ben Affleck is that good looking, but they are people who are good looking enough that everybody thinks they should be a movie star. And they just, to me, work better as Character um, actors. Character actors. Like, yeah. I, Brad Pitt always works better as a character yep. actor. It's clear yeah, that it that's does. what he's interested in. Yes. Yeah. He didn't yeah. have a lot of patience to for being the heartthrob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. And this is the first movie, his production company. We'll get to another one later. Yes. Yeah. But Plan yep. B Productions did this one, too. So I, I have one of those uh, recastable moments where... I think that Brad Pitt character could have been a really great Philip Seymour Hoffman character. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I sort of got that from his face in this one, and I just, yeah. But how weird was it when um, he was wearing wearing the mask? mask. I know! I love that he gives the little, like, salute to the other person wearing the mask, and then he's doing hand sanitizer. So ahead of his time. time. I know, and it's supposed to signify, like, oh, he's crazy, and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh. Yes. Well, it was a little That's chilling crazy. at the end where it was like, he's betting on one thing now, and that is water. Yep. Yeah. Which was yep. a little bit like, yikes. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, all that stuff toward the end of the movie when it's like, oh, not just the economy is going to fail, but the whole world is about ready to collapse. Yeah. Yep. And that yeah. was 2015 when the movie came out. The book was written, you know, shortly before. And, and it's like, oh, yeah. No, really. It's six years later, and it really is just collapsing yeah. in front of us. This is, of course, another Adam McKay movie. This is my second Adam McKay movie in a row for the <laughs> cinema road trip. Very different. <laughs> Very different. But I think actually in some ways still has some of the same underlying tenets. Much clearer to explain here than it was in Talladega Nights. Uh, <laughs> um, I just... Um, I love the accessibility of this movie. I love how surprisingly accurate uh the the portrayals are and like the explainers uh to to cut away and and do those sort of celebrity cutaway things mm-hmm. 
it, it works for me. The whole thing worked for me. And it is such a, it's something that doesn't make sense as a movie. If you just said, Hey, we're going to make a movie about a book about the mortgage crisis. But when these guys actually go to Florida or go to that convention and talk to all these bankers or go talk to those Florida bros who are bragging about taking advantage <laughs> of immigrants and God. strippers and poor people. A, a combination uh, of stupidity and moral bankruptcy. Yeah. 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 It's so, I mean, it, it made Dave and I talk a little bit about, um, kind of what's going on right now in the housing market. It's different, but like, but also, you know, everything kind of repeats itself at some point, like in Austin and I know in Seattle and like, you know, nationwide housing prices are going up, but, but, um, for the most part, um, wages are still pretty flat. But the thing is that they don't have right now is they don't really have the ninja deals or the subprime deals. You know, you Mm -hmm. do have to prove, um, to some degree your, earnings and all that (laughs) but financial solvency (laughs) yes so i'm like so what is gonna happen because is it just becoming like an oligarchy like the only people that can actually afford homes are extremely rich and everybody else is renting i mean is that because so it's like the american because it makes the rich people richer yeah yeah and it's not like oh this is just something that you do it's not even like a safe it's well I mean I guess it's a safer bet if you can get into it but good luck getting into it because I mean my house which is a fine house but like I couldn't afford it now there's no way I could afford it Same. now yeah. our my neighbor's house recently sold for $120,000 more than they paid a year ago that's Whoa. gross oh my god <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's just disgusting there's going to be a huge bubble yeah and it won't be Similar to this one because there are regulations yeah. for mortgages now, but it's going to be bad. Yep. Yay. Yeah. I mean, f- feudalism worked mm-hmm. for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Uh, I, I've mentioned this on the show before, and I don't remember how much detail I've gotten into, but um, when I was in college, sort of between stints working at the Buffalo Philharmonic, after I was there part-time, before I went back full-time, I worked as a paralegal for about a year at a law firm. We use that term very loosely outside of (laughs) Buffalo. And it was, so this was 2008, and it was a law firm, quote-unquote, it was the processing arm of a law firm that had had grown thousands of percent and turned into a giant cubicle farm because of the housing crisis. And it was a firm that only represented banks – and only turned out the paperwork to foreclose on people's homes. Mm. And the department that I ended up becoming the night shift manager of for about six months churned out the affidavits that detailed the math on how much people owed based on their adjustable rate mortgages after they kicked in. And so we would literally be sitting there crunching numbers to put into an affidavit for their their 3.5% APR that had jumped to... 8.7 percent and then 9.3 percent the next month and then 9.2 percent the next month and every and it would change every single month and so their payments would change every single month and then of course they would be you know 24 months in arrears at that point and so we were back backdating to figure out all that math and then totaling it all out and putting it in so that that could get bundled into the 36 other things that have to go to a county court somewhere uh it was soul crushing And uh, this movie basically explains how those people got from signing to buy a house to my desk. And um, that was um, awful. (laughs) It was just awful. It's one of the reasons I had to get out of that job. And so this movie, for me, resonated that way, too. I was like, 
right. The law, the quote unquote law firm I worked for ended up getting, um, ended up really closing one because that bubble, you know, rounded out, but also because, um, their cruelness, their, their cruelness had some PR disasters to the point where they basically got drummed out of the business. Good. Uh, Good Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I, (laughs) I was, yeah, but, uh, boy, it was just, uh, Gut wrenching. So you shed yeah. no tears for their no, <laughs> no. And so you know, no loss. Uh, you know, so not not exactly a Florida movie, but a good chance to talk about that part of history. And also, Ryan Gosling's a great narrator. And, that <laughs> yes. yeah. and I like that he still is kind of a douchebag. Like he yeah. is yeah. sort of the. I don't know, he's not. Well, he calls himself out. Yeah. Like, what did exactly. you expect? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. proud of it. He's like, so I I'm never start- said I was the hero. <laughs> I'm starting to think that's just. Who he is in real life. <laughs> I know. <Yeah>. He's <laughs> like, always what? kind of a dick. And I was, this is a weird movie. Like, I was thinking about it as I was watching it because it doesn't really have a plot. Right. No. And it's sort of almost like an educational movie. Like, and there's a lot of, so let me get this straight. And okay, so let's say in the dialogue. It's like a documentary almost. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's a, it's a documentary but it's not but it's not a fictional it's not a docu series it's like it's unclassifiable yeah right and i, yeah. I like i couldn't f- figure out how i felt about there is all sort that of, there's sort of the arc of like i think this is going to happen here's the evidence it's starting it's mm-hmm. happening i was right mm-hmm. like that is the only kind of arc that i could pick out i think the only objection that I would have is sometimes the movie feels like it's too clever by half. Well, yeah, that's the McCain-ness of it, yeah. all, I think, where he's like, and also Michael Lewis, I think, to some extent, of the way that he, he wrote it. But yes, it's like, well, and sometimes I get annoyed, and, and I do this as well, but it's sort of like, well, we know so much better now. Look at these fools back then. And it's like, well, they didn't right. know no, anything. It's going to happen again. Yeah. It, it does verge on smugness sometimes, and I, I would have liked a few more women other yeah. than like margot robbie naked <laughs> in, in a bathtub, bathtub. Yeah. i mean and and of course you can say well that's not realistic because as bobby said this is vastly white men who yeah. run the system and participate in the system so i f- they made an effort like they had that black lady who was one of the bosses at Marilyn, mm-hmm. yes. I think, yep. yeah, and Marissa Tomei as a really small part yes. as Steve the Carell. This, was, this really was like a reunion of um, crazy, stupid love. It was mm-hmm. like Steve yeah. Carell, Marissa Tomei, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the one um, Morgan Stanley banker woman who just got talked over by the guy, and he made all the decisions, even though I think she was the boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So lots of lots of female. Representation. Do you think that the real um, Christian Bale's real um, counterpart? Do you think he was that weird? Yes. Yes. He seems he's like he's so was weird on the spectrum or whatever. Somehow he's yeah. definitely yeah, on for the spectrum. Sure. He admits that he is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Christian Bale is such a hard weird believe. actor. He's so, he's weird, so weird. How? I mean, he's so amazing, though. He's so weird, but he's so amazing. Like he actually made it look like he has a glass eye yeah like the, he yeah it. like how do you do that i couldn't watch that part i couldn't like i they don't even really show anything and i was like i have to close my eyes the yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, football accident i was like oh no well uh, it wasn't a football accident in real life he got cancer oh. as a kid and i think that the injury just um like showed it the or... football thing was his eye popped out 
um, like oh yeah, it was like eye. the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and so he was, was embarrassed. Right, 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 right. Um, no, I don't know. It's it's such a uh, it's such a, it's such a weird time in America. Like it was just you know people were just getting and I we had friends in Los Angeles that bought like a whole bunch of houses and they just got out over their skis. Like they did well once and like flipped a house or whatever and made a boatload of money and then they bought five houses sure. and they were like let's well, just do it and they got mm-hmm. caught in the cycle and that, it happened. That was the whole thing. Uh, speaking of Florida, with the yeah. Florida the stripper yeah. who yeah, was talking exactly. about the multiple mortgages she had, had on multiple houses. properties. Yeah, yeah. and a condo. Yeah. Uh, uh, that and then when they go to that one guy's house and they realize that the landlord has the mortgage in his dog's name that that made my brain sad I had a friend that that happened to where the the landlord wasn't paying Mm -hmm. for rent even though they were I think it happened to a lot of people uh, back in that bubble that that scene was one of the truly affecting scenes yeah, in the was, movies yeah I oh thought. and when they at the end when they show them living in their car I yep. know. yeah yep. i was like ugh, that is such and a horrible <sighs> downer i another person who seemingly just plays the same character over and over again for the most part is um kendall from um succession <gasps> oh my gosh. Uh, i forgot about the, the um steve carell's like second in command or whatever like he just like plays a dick like the, he just plays an aggressive dick Vinny. The numbers guy that was yeah, chewing yeah, gum? Yeah. Yes, the yeah. Tour, yeah, 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 yeah. I love him so much. I, I have a weird relationship with him. Like, I can't figure out if I like him or if he's cute or I, I just don't know. <laughs> and I can't tell, is he... Is he like Irish? Like sometimes he dresses like he's Irish, like a yes. tiny little hat. I think and he's just like an actor. Like he's yeah. the kind of actor that you're just like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like yeah, like inside actor studio yes. type actor. Yeah, exactly. Where you're just like, if I met you in real life, I would be so grossed out by you, but I like yeah. you as an actor. Well, this um, movie was full of exceedingly attractive men. Yes. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Like uh, all- Finn Whitrock. Uh, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> I and he I don't know why he's been in a couple movies that I've seen and I find him he has this doofus charm that sort of delights me for some reason because he leans into it a little bit but um but yeah I I enjoy him yeah so uh, I thought we'd enjoy that one yeah and I figured you would all enjoy it more than Talladega Nights so (laughs) yeah there you go I don't know it's just different (laughs) I don't know if I would have enjoyed it more uh Uh, before we move on, Meredith, I think you should just say your note from the Slack just in case it comes through. And then also we have an excuse for an outro song. My neighbor, Derek, who Christy has dubbed Eight Mile Derek, because when she and Jeremy came to visit, he got out of his car in the driveway playing Eight Mile, like a walking stereotype from Detroit. Um, he busted his car up. Somebody, well, he told us that somebody uh, hit him and and did a hit and run and his whole front end of his car is just destroyed like the frame is bent it's not i don't know what he thinks he's doing but for the past like six weeks he's been outside every day in the middle of the day from like i'd say like 10 a.m to like 2 30 he's out there like like hitting things with hammers i don't know what he's doing he can't he doesn't know how to fix cars and he has a friend who comes over and and drills stuff and i don't know what they're doing but he also has like an enormous stereo system out there with like a mixer and of course he does (laughs) listening to blondie out there and i'm sorry if you can hear it i can hear it through my headphones i couldn't hear it but yeah Yeah. listen it's all right so he's having fun (laughs) it's not picking up i just wanted to get blondie on the record as a positive (laughs) 
you think I'm not playing Pony by Genuine as the closing oh, that, song? That you know, on every day. Oh he has an early 2000s hits playlist that he just rotates. I was so going to say, he has very um, eclectic music taste. Yeah. 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 Uh, as long as Derek's Fat happy. Joe is DMX, RIP. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like all that stuff. So I, I, it's fun, except when I have a conference call with like the cdc um all right wrapping up on the big short let's uh, move to some nebulous hot 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 place somewhere in florida did they specify not it's not miami we know that but uh, no it's it's a sort of beach town north of miami yeah palm beach is what it said online the legendary precursor to like all you know the basic instincts of the world body mm-hmm. heat yes from- sexualized women are we- gonna murder you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah we're going from one kind of scummy people to another kind of scummy people <laughs> in body heat i picked this i'd never seen it before i didn't and either i was i, I was happy either. yeah i i saw it on one of the lists of florida movies and i thought huh i've heard about that movie let's uh let's uh, take it for a spin yeah um I, I would just like to say there is a whole lot of saxophone in this movie. <laughs> and that lets you know exactly what kind of it is movie very it's going to be. This is yeah. very early 80s, sultry, mm-hmm. uh, saxophone, jazz type mm-hmm. music. This is a neo-noir is how they characterize it. I think it's been criticized for kind of ripping, I mean... Ripping like the multi or something. Uh, I, a double indemnity is yeah, the one that always comes up, but I think there's sort of a limited number of plots that you can really have, mm-hmm. and I, I I think it's such a classic noir trope of the woman and her husband and then her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I don't think that you could say that it's derivative or anything it's it just... would only be better if he was a, a private eye instead of a lawyer I think. right <laughs> exactly uh so body heats from 1981 it's william hurt and kathleen turner this was kathleen turner's first movie role yeah i think she, she was 27 she was yeah, yeah she had yeah. done some like soaps and stuff before but this was her first movie role and it was william hurt's only like third or fourth movie is mm-hmm. so they were both although he still looked 40 he, did, he, just, he looks yeah. 40 in every movie uh-huh. he's ever been in so i, I mean he's was, the he attract- was he attractive at the time yeah he's not yeah. now and so i'm just wondering like i mean like look i don't like a mustache so i i'll well. never think it's attractive but <laughs> it's like, hard to tell <laughs> for me i was like mm, i don't know how yeah. I, feel about <laughs> I think he looks older in this than he does in broadcast news yeah. totally totally which is but, crazy yeah. it's the mustache it, yeah it has to be it's not the smoking four thousand cigarettes <laughs> while he's out for a jog <laughs> <laughs> wait actually i did like literally lol the part where me they're too. in the lawyers when they're in the lawyers and he's like do you mind if i smoke and like literally everybody gets us there's like a 30 second break where everyone's like let me get out my smoke later <laughs> everybody and except ted dancer Ted Danson. (laughs) I have a note that just says Ted Danson exclamation point. Let's just get this out of the way. And he goes, oh, I don't need one. I'll just breathe the air. (laughs) This is pre-cheers Ted Danson. He was amazing. His hair is so dark. It's so dark. He definitely dyed it. So I have this game that I like to play with Dave, which he hates, as I like to do like guessing games where I'm watching something. I'm like, guess what this is or guess who's in this. And then he, I have to like give him or I give him clues. I don't have to, but I give him 
clue, like really, really intensely vague clues and see if he can guess it. And he like is gets annoyed because he thinks I get, that I give really bad clues. But my clues for this one, because I said, there's somebody in this movie that I had no idea was in this movie. And he said, who? And I said, OK, well, he's I think one of your favorite actors, primarily in television. We have commented that he's probably one of the richest men in America, or richest actors, and he's still acting. And Dave was like, these are terrible clues. I have no idea. <laughs> trying to think of something, because I didn't want to be like, he was in a TV show that was Boston-centric, because that would like obviously give it away. And mm-hmm. I was like, he's actually tall. And Dave like walked into the bathroom, and he went, Ted Danson. And I was like, yes, you got it. <laughs> anyway. Well, he's, he's great as the tap dancing assistant district attorney. Yeah, there's a weird dance scene. Why was yeah. that? Included? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't pay attention too much great, to that. Though. So, a quick summary of the plot: It's uh, William Hurt is the protagonist, I guess. Kinda? not a hero, but <laughs> the protagonist. I guess. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's say that, and he is a kind of a scummy, seedy lawyer in a scummy, seedy town. Um, he's not dumb, but he's sort of lazy. I think, yeah. and unmotivated, mm-hmm. and his law practice consists of, like, wills and personal injury and property sales, and, he, you know, he doesn't seem to specialize in any kind of law, just law. He does some criminal defense. Uh, Mickey Rourke, very young pre-start of Mickey Rourke. No, mm-hmm. he was attractive. Yes. Back very in the day. So. Yeah. yeah, now would he turn no, into a... No, no, no. Yeah, but he's just sort of like floating along just sort of scabbing along the bottom of society doing his thing you know sort of handsome unmotivated guy until he meets maddie walker it's kathleen turner's character who is the young trophy wife of a much older man who is involved in a lot of shady business dealings with a lot of shady people that you probably don't want to get on the wrong side of and they they fall into a passionate affair this is a very horny movie. <laughs> yes, wow. it is. Wow. A yes, very, it is. very, very horny movie. I mean, yes. it's, it's, they don't show much. I mean, you get a, a lot of Kathleen Turner's boobs. Yeah. And do, do we get an ass shot on William mm. Hardy? I think we do. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I think and there's a, a lot of, there's a like, distant bush shot. Like, yeah. Whoa, and there's a lot safe. of, <laughs> there's a lot of like their flanks being shown yes. as yes. they're like yeah. lying on top of each other and i don't know and that whatever. this would get away with an r rating today yeah, yeah i yeah. don't i don't there's know a, yeah. there's just enough moving around in some of the lovemaking scenes where yeah it's like it's it's a almost implied full nudity mm-hmm. yeah. yep very yeah very you're wondering close. could he have been wearing a modesty <laughs> pouch would that have worked right. or is this the full Monty going on here so they're having a passionate affair and they're just so hot for each other and she's tells him what a terrible man her husband is how cruel and she just wishes she could be free with him but of course that's not possible because she you know signed a prenup and the idea of divorcing this man and not getting any money is intolerable (laughs) and then she starts to wish that oh if he were just dead then we could be together and that evolves into well let's kill him That'll, Naturally. that'll solve mm-hmm. so, <laughs> everything. So then Ned has to go around and develop this whole plan and they put it into motion. And it's only after a spoiler alert, they succeed. I mean, that's only like halfway through the movie. They kill yeah. her husband. And then after that, everything starts to unravel as he realizes that 
she's not the helpless, lovelorn female in distress that he thought that she was, that on different levels she has been manipulating the situation and him. Like, he thinks he's pretty smart. And the second half of the movie is him figuring out that she's smarter. And... Mm -hmm. And as she has set it up deliberately to create like little threads hanging off his alibi that the police can pull at until things slowly start to come apart. And finally, he realizes that she has just used him. He's been her patsy from the whole time. And not only is she not going to be deliriously happy with him, that she wants to get rid of him. And it uh, doesn't end well no. for old Ned. Maddie seems like she's having a great time, though. I want to be where she is. I know. And, <laughs> and it's, a, you know, it's a very classic sort of femme fatale. Yeah. He's just so horny for her that he will do anything mm-hmm. for yep. her. We've all been there. <laughs> the whole the first time they have sex, and you know she's taken him back to her house to listen to the chimes. I don't understand the symbolism of the chimes. I don't what either. Is there's with too the many. There's too many chimes. That's, that's what that's I was saying. Too How many? Could you sleep? So many chimes. I think it's to one of the reasons for the chimes is to kind of help uh, sell the sort of mugginess of yeah. the Florida yeah. heat wave. Oh yeah. Definitely, the heat was its own character. In yeah, this all the sweat and like there's so yeah. much Oof. sweat. Like, what I, I didn't think they're what? rich, but they have no air conditioning. Right. Come on, people! Yeah, I know. Uh, what a workload for the wardrobe people! Oh, <laughs> the pit sweat so stains all the way down they, the sides of the shirts. Yeah, I just imagine they all smelled so bad. Like when she's laying on top of him, I'm like, uh, and his arm is up. I'm like, oh god! They're in a bathtub together. Like it would With be cooler if cubes? just one of you took an ice bath. Right. <laughs> Don't, what are you doing, you and idiots? It's so hot, you have to put ice in the bath, but the ice like lived outside of the freezer, and it was fine? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, that whole scene with the black bathtub and the black yeah. bathroom, <laughs> so freestanding, yeah, it was a thing. But, but... There was the no Margot only... Robbie bathtub, that's for no. sure. Right. The only person who doesn't sweat is Maddie in her white dresses and like she wears white even on in some of the scenes where she wears a little bit more casual it'll be like white pants Mm -hmm. and a white striped top so it's definitely there's a color motif going on that sort of symbolizes purity and virginity and i mean obviously not virginity but But then not not a bra to be found (laughs) as well so she didn't Uh, need it to let us put it that way but just those white dresses that she wore with like the slit up the thigh Mm -hmm. god she She, was i mean we we can question whether or not william hurt is hot she is undeniably just like breathtaking yeah Yeah. and Uh, that voice and yeah and speaking of William Hurt's attractiveness in this movie, this was my segue from Big Short to Body Heat. If they remade Body Heat, I think Ryan Gosling could play that character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he probably I could. I think you're right. It's it's yeah. that noir thing and, you know, with a little bit of scruffy facial hair and the hat. Yep. Like, yeah, I can, I can sort of, that. I can sort of see him getting into that character effectively, which is... The first and only time I think I could put William Hurt and Brian Gosling into the same character. <laughs> um, I, you know, it was it is so extremely extremely eighties, but I, 
I was entertained by it. And obviously, like, I knew she was, you know, it's been in the cultural lexicon for so long that, like, I knew the rough outlines of the movie. I knew that she was going to be bad. But at some points, I was like, does she really love him, though? Like, is this going to work out? (laughs) Well, I mean, spoiler, she tries to murder him at the end. So, but, but, you know, it was really, it was a really clever movie, like, Okay, the first reason that I enjoyed it was the horniness. Let's (laughs) be clear here. Mm -hmm. And the second reason was just watching the the plot unravel, watching him realize bit by bit by bit. Because the the whole thing with the will, Mm -hmm. you know, she wants to to file a false will, leaving everything to her and not half to her and half to the husband's eight year old niece or whatever. And and William Hurt very smartly was like, no, we can't. You, you can't have him change his will and then get murdered or, or die a few weeks later. That's too mm-hmm. suspicious. We're not doing that. And then she does it anyway. Mm-hmm. And he he gets the call that she's filed a will in his or quote he's filed a will, changing a few things. And he thinks that she's just greedy. And then he goes to the meeting, and. The reason that the will gets contested is because she made some errors in the preparation of it, which then he realizes that she made deliberately so that the whole will would get invalidated, leaving her the sole heir. And then he figures out that she knew his history of having made some whoopsies on some wills before and that she had deliberately sought him out deliberately seduced him because he was the best patsy for this whole endeavor and the 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 dawning realization of i'm fucked Mm -hmm. yeah that comes on him over the last 40 minutes of the movie is just so much fun to watch it is pretty elegant and i like the way that they had the his friends kind of are the ones who figure it out (laughs) Yeah. And they're what? They're cops or detectives yeah. or something? There was uh, so Ted Danson was the district attorney, assistant district attorney, and then the other one was a cop. Yeah. yeah. Oscar yeah. was the cop. The do good cop. Yeah. No, I thought it was fun. I thought it was an interesting they're acting I mean his acting when he was talking to his friends was so naturalistic that I actually was really impressed when he had, had Ted Danson was telling him about how the little girl, the niece, like caught, you know, <laughs> giving him a blowjob. Um, and him just kind that of like taking, it was, but him just kind of like taking the information in stride. I, I don't know why I was like impressed just with his like acting. it was new. Yeah. 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 I, I, I thought that that was mm-hmm. I don't like know, I acting was... like it was something that, you know, didn't matter to him. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a very casual story. And yeah. still doing the like old boys club, like <laughs> blowjobs. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, he's kind of doing a good job of this, but you're going to. And, and it was a good move when he left that meeting and he knew that the little girl was there to give her statement in the police office or the courthouse or wherever it was. And rather than slipping out the back way so that she wouldn't see him and identify him. He went and said hello and got down right in her face. And so that he knew that if she ever, you know, did a 
description of the man's face <laughs> and not his penis. Uh, and she described someone who looked like him. He could be like, well, yeah, because I went out and said, I mean, I just talked to them. So, of yeah. course, my face mm-hmm. is in her mind. Right. Yep. Oh, good good try, Ned. Yeah, good try. Didn't save me in the Did end. One smart thing. You know what? Really, the first thing that shocked me about this movie is when the, the two first get together and she like invites them over to her house for some reason as if they're not going to have sex. And then she's like, you need to leave. And then he kind of leaves. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he comes in and like takes bashes her. a window. I was He's so I was, horny for her. I was, was bringing that scary. up, but I got, I no, got distracted by the chimes. But that was what <laughs> well, yeah, I was yeah. going to so, say. Yeah, my, my notes say casual use of the word fag right, oh, right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yep. sweaty. How could anyone sleep with so many wind chimes? And he breaks into her house with he five throws a chair through marks. the window. Yeah, and then like so you see it the next time, and it's just nothing. Was it a window or was it more of a French door? It was like the yeah, the windows on the side of the door. Whatever. I would be terrified if somebody I would too. that I didn't know did that. But it was uh, passion. <laughs> it was no palpable. Thanks. Gross. <laughs> Ew, disgusting. Was he delivering a bag of cat food? Because that might have made the difference. No, Just I had fun. I'm glad, I'm glad I watched it. Like, it's a movie that I've always kind of meant to watch, but had no reason to seek it out, really, for whatever reason. But I'm glad that I watched it, because it was, it was entertaining. Yeah, it was good. It was definitely worth the watch, I think. And the yeah. fact that it's from 1981, it doesn't seem too dated. No. They no, got no. I mean, pay phones and old cars and stuff aside. I really I mean, enjoyed the cars and the collars. Yes. You know, yep. everybody's suits were really fun. I mean, her fashion is definitely like you could wear that now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it would be fine. I did say I, I, I like the sick this is like patriarchy and like racism talking but like the cyclical nature or the nature of like women's bodies throughout time always make me laugh because she has such like an 80s lady body where she has like an early like late 70s early 80s lady body where it's like small boobs like no muscle tone which like she's beautiful i'm not like saying and a long flat butt like i, was, I that. made that comment too i was like where is her butt <laughs> oh like I don't and Gregory was like I don't think that's really a thing I know it's not 80s. a thing not at all not at all um well thank you Anne I enjoyed it yeah that was yep. fun good point um <laughs> and for a celebration of bodies as well but more on the <laughs> the male body occasionally the female body we're gonna move to Tampa <laughs> lovely Tampa mm. and visit uh the strippers of Magic Mike. I I did say when I proposed this one, I was like, "Sorry guys, I ha- legally I have to choose Magic right. Mike." Yep. Um, it's in what my was contract. the actual show called? Exquisite. Yes, I think it's like, and God bless. How is it spelled? Let's look it up. Kings like- of <laughs> Kings of Tampa or whatever. <laughs> oh yes, uh, exquisite for sure. With just um, an X, right? Not yeah, E-X. Yeah. Oh no, no, there's no yeah, E-X. Wouldn't. Exquisite. You know where you want to be in the phone book. For this company. <laughs> now, now I will say, um, for uh, when before I saw this movie, and I used to listen to this podcast, the Culture Gab Fest, the Slate one. I don't listen to it anymore because they are very self-important. But I remember one of the people on there, the guy, Stephen, whatever his name is, he said, this is a very, like, of the 
of the financial crash kind of movie, even though it came out like in 2012, it does, it does kind of show, it kind of ties into the big short in a way where it shows these people just trying to like survive somehow. And like, mm-hmm. this is how they're going to make their money. They're, they can't get loans unless you have perfect credit. So you're going to like have to have all these side hustles, which is what Mike Channing Tatum has. He's, you know, <laughs> tries to make ugly furniture. I personally think it's ugly. Sorry. Um, and what you know, I like he- the and plain <laughs> jet engine coffee table thing. <laughs> Found item coffee table that are also affordable. Um, he does, you know, some construction gigs. I think he said it's like a mobile detailing gig, but then also is a stripper at this uh, Matthew McConaughey's strip club. Um, and, you know, it's whatever. It, 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 I don't think it has, like, too much of a plot because it's just centered around all of the dancing. Um, you know, it has a, something happens, and then there's a dance. Something happens, and there's a dance. Um, yeah. But basically, Mike um, is a seemingly kind of stand-up guy. and It's, it's he, your pretty standard coming-of-age mentorship story <laughs> yes, yes, where mistakes are made, and everybody learns something. And at the end, there's hot cocoa for everyone. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, um, yeah, Mike meets Adam, who's a fucking punk. Um, I think that actor is also kind of a punk as well. Alex Pettifer is the worst part the of worst. this movie. The worst. The worst part of this movie and the worst in general. Yeah, he he's just an awful person and he's not in the sequel because he pissed Channing Tatum off so much. Mm-hmm. Really? That yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what the story Hillary probably knows, but I think while they were filming, he was renting a apartment or something from one of Channing Tatum's friends and then like stiffed him on the rent and maybe... Yeah trashed the place or something like that but was just a complete asshole yeah no he's garbage and he's terrible in this movie i will say he plays like i mean i don't enjoy him but it by the end when you're kind of supposed to hate him you really do hate him because you're like that fucking punk like Yep. You know, he got too big for his britches, and he's not even that cute. But um, his saggy, saggy britches. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it just tells the story of Mike kind of, you know, playing mentor to Adam and invites him to exquisite, and you know, they somehow it gets on, and he is successful. Right. You know, the the catastrophe. This yes. goes back to uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where Will was supposed to. <laughs> perform at the strip club and he chickened out so carlton had to go on and strip for all the ladies um and yeah you meet all the guys in this group joe mangiel i mean there's a matt bomer um the guy that i think is so unattractive to me it just his name is kevin nash but his character's name is tarzan it does mm-hmm. not does oh, not do God. it for yeah me. why so, was he whoa. in this i don't know for the physicality i don't know because it's clear that he's He's a wrestler, right? He's in the WWE. I think, so. I think That's so, yeah. his most yeah. of his experience mm-hmm. from his IMDP page. And I think it's fine because I don't think he's supposed to be a good stripper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just supposed to be big and be able to carry anybody around, basically. Yep. Um, but basically, this, you know, this is a... There's should they try they try to like weave in some moral stories and stuff, but really I am kind of like let, let's get to the dancing. Like I want to mm-hmm. see these dances because, <laughs> uh, but I mean it is. I wrote in my notes this is very it's directed by Steven Soderbergh and it is very Soderberghly filmed. Like yes, it's sort of this flashy strip <laughs> club, but it's Soderberghly <laughs> okay. filmed, um, and it just has this kind of 
sheen of yes it's a sparkly but also it's like kind of depressing at the same time CD. yeah it's cd but then you do <laughs> i texted my friend katie who's a really big channing tatum fan and i said this is the horniest you'll ever be and it's just it's not even the strip club part it's the i mean it's not the stripping part it's, it's him just dancing part. the dancing part mm-hmm. like like he, the stripping is bad all yeah. the other strippers are are bad at dancing but mm-hmm. he's the only one who's a good dancer. He's such a good dancer. When he does his solo dance to like Pony oh, or God. whatever, I'm like, Jesus so good. Christ, he's so good. <laughs> like when they do the group numbers, the other, you know, Matt Bomer and yeah. all, all of them, Matt Bomer is just, I mean, God <laughs> created him in a Petri dish. Yes. Um, he's just amazing looking. Yes. But it's like they do the choreography the movements but they're not good at it which is fine for the story right because that's not the point the point is to see them get naked Uh, well it's also realistic if you've ever been to one of those shows (laughs) well you know chrissy i actually haven't so (laughs) i was forced to go to the thunder from down under in vegas (laughs) that's money i can't get back Um, I had a stripper at my 20th birthday that I did not hire, but his name was Officer Safe Sex. Oh, and no. Kind of similarly to the party that um, Do you think Mike... that was his government? Because <laughs> <laughs> if it was, I mean, what else is he going to do with his career? Yeah. What do you do with that? Uh, the yeah. problem was, is he came in and it was very similar to the, whatever, the party that they, um, the I guess it was a bachelorette party that Mike and Adam go to that ends up going awry. But he comes in and whatever, does his thing. And I was like mortified. And, you know, he had it. <laughs> he had shaved, but not freshly. So <laughs> it was a little a stubble. spiky. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ow. Kind of <laughs> um, yeah, that was the time. It is. It's sort of weird. Like. You know, if I was at a Channing Tatum one, I could see, you know, if you were kind of drunk and you were having your time getting, like, super wrapped up and horned up by this. Officer safe sex. I was like, no, thank you. Like, this is – I mean, it was more funny than it was anything else. Um, I think I but, would need some distance. Like, the dancing on the stage <laughs> yeah, is fine. in the dark. The part, yeah, when they get down off the stage and go into the audience and start grinding on the women, <laughs> I mean, that would be a big no for me. I mean, they grind on the women, too. Like it's that. so embarrassing. <laughs> It's so embarrassing. Um, the other thing that I was saying, uh, so the brief notes that I took, because I did kind of get, I did get wrapped up in it a little bit. But I did say, is this, besides, you know, his days to confuse role, is this the true Matthew McConaughey? Like, this is his essence, I believe. I think yes. he is. He's doing a thing in yeah. this movie. <laughs> Not sure what the thing is, but he's doing it. He's getting paid by the all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he was yeah. based. I think that character was based on him. I do too. And there's a part after he comes back from dancing. The one time he he goes mm-hmm. out and dances, and his voice goes up really high, and he goes like, "Oh!" I'm like, "That is him." I think that that yes. is his like soul in essence, or that mm-hmm. is what he's turned into. I really um, think that the the hardest worker in this entire movie was his pants staying <laughs> up on his hips the, the whole time. <laughs> It was a perilous thing. <laughs> it really was. You're like, is this going to hold up? Yeah, there's a lot of ass in this movie. You know, good looking ass. My other notes is I, I, I think she's kind of a douchebag. I think that Olivia Munn is so pretty. Like I kind of like yes. can't, not mm-hmm. like I can't take my eyes off her whenever she's on screen. 
Um, she's pretty, but she's her persona is like I'm the hot girl who likes nerdy stuff, and I'm Uh, like, come on, she totally is because she's and she's like I'm not like the regular girls. I'm you know yeah she's she's the cool girl. She's a total cool girl. Total cool girl. She uh, she just did a um a thing for my work an anti Asian um crime um thing and she was so beautiful like i could not stop looking at her i actually took a screenshot because i'm like it's amazing like she didn't even have any makeup on or barely any or whatever and she was really great her and janelle monet more on that later but they're just two people who are just so hard to not look at i know Mm -hmm. um this person is fine looking but Along with Alex Pettifer, her his movie sister, the dynamic duo of Alex Pettifer and Cody Horn. Who now? Who? <laughs> Cody Horn. I say again, who? <laughs> she is a who, except that her dad is was the former CEO of Disney Corporation. So there is a reason why she is in well, this movie. <laughs> I'm sure that has nothing to do with how this terrible actress got the starring role in this movie, Hillary. I mean, I know that Soderbergh likes like a naturalistic acting style, but she really took it to a a yeah. new level on this one. It was just like, are you upset? No. I mean, that was basically the, mm-hmm. her jaw is doing a lot of the acting in this movie. I mean, not to comment on her looks. She's a pretty person but it, it she did a lot of jaw acting and like blinking and that was basically what she did in this movie so yeah i'm not not a big cody horn fan neither of the siblings appeared in um the second magic mic so bye <laughs> yeah and, and and i think the movie would have been better if we just cut them out of they, it enti- entirely mm-hmm. and it should have stayed with olivia munn y- yeah i i just think that it's that common trope like you know, like Orange is the New Black had Taylor Schilling as the new entry to the prison world. She started yes. out as our kind of our guide and the person who was on the same level of understanding as us. And so that's the role that Adam and Brooke, yeah, Brooke, yeah, yes, play in this movie. But I just think that it's, it's stick with the dancing naked guys you would have done better and honestly i i mean it's very very silly but the second magic mike um is kind of fun because it's just the mostly just focused on the troop of guys like it's like oh these because at the end of the day they all seem like nice guys like yes they might do drugs they have a lot of sex and they party and all that but like they seem like sweethearts a little bit they're not wishing anybody any harm no no they're just bringing pleasure to these women um and it focuses (laughs) more on that yeah and i thought that trying to make it deeper there wasn't a real connection between cody horn i just like saying you can't her name is cody horn that's such a stupid (laughs) name um between cody horn and and um um, Channing Tatum, there's just not a lot of sparks yeah. flying I'm on like that mildly one. offended, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Van Horn. Um, I, I kept seeing Cody Horn and thinking, it's a shame that's not Anna Kendrick. Oh, right? yeah. 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 She could have, like, yeah. Good. Just that yeah. general type. Like a little uptight, but like could No bullshit. Like, yeah. Just not interested in your charm and your handsomeness and this whole thing going on except that she, she kind of is yeah, right except that she kind of is i thought if the the movie was straining a little bit for a deeper meaning yes and yes. It, mm-hmm. it, yes. it was that all of mike's hustling with all yes. of his businesses were really to to hide his empty life and the fact that he you know i think brooke said as much that he 
he was as clueless as any of them. Yeah. It's just that he sort of kept himself busy so that he wouldn't have to realize that he is a loser. Yeah. Kind of. Yep. Yep. At yeah. least we got to the end of the movie and all of the plot lines were were, you know, closed up and put a bow on and we knew that the new kid was going to be okay and made the right choice and that everybody was going to live happily ever after. <laughs> so I'm they got interested. Breakfast. Bobby, this was your first time watching it this was. movie, right? I would like the man's perspective on it. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a very typical dude, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have a very, you know, me and my bros were thinking about this movie and uh and had a few brewskis and you know uh no you know i uh, it was my first time watching this movie i did watch it this morning it is the one that just somehow i could not keep getting to well um, that's understandable and uh at, at the you know i, I put the <laughs> i started watching it on the ipad we were sitting out on the deck and i was like sam do you want to watch this with me on tv or do you not care and she's like i do not care so i i put it on the ipad with my earbuds in and I'm I'm laughing in the first couple of minutes, and she's like, "What are you laughing at?" And I was like, "Well, I just got Channing Tatum's ass like right off the <laughs> right off the bat. Like it's not even a strip scene. He just they're just opening with it." Yeah. And I was like, "But I was I was you rewarded. did get Olivia Munn's tits." So I literally said I was rewarded because Olivia Munn is also naked. So, uh, you know, right off at the beginning there, um, I I like burlesque shows like when i first moved to buffalo forever ago i i was a barista at the the hip coffee shop in town and one of my colleagues jamie was a was a leader in the local burlesque troupe in buffalo and so i went to a lot of her shows and and i've been you know it, it had that same vibe to me and i was like you know if you look at it that way and less like oh male strippers and more like the cheesy skits that they're putting on and the stupid characters that they're playing you know you go to a i i assume as I have not actually been to a strip club, uh, you know, when when women come out to strip, they just come out and strip. Burlesque is more like a drag show where there's characters and stupid props and, you know, because what is it? What is a guy going to do? Otherwise, there's just not that much to show off. Right. So they, yeah. they got to build enough plot around it to make a show. Um, and, and so that part, actually, that was interesting. And so for the first 35 40 minutes of the movie i was like this is better than i thought it was gonna be it's not good but it's better than i thought it was gonna be and then they got into the actual attempt at creating conflict and i was right. like nope nope yeah. this is because yeah. yeah. the, the movie's like two hours long which is impressive yeah um it <laughs> really could have been a 90 minute movie it could have been a 90 minute movie for sure How and about the uh, dancing? i looked at sam and i'm like i still have like 45 minutes to go here i don't understand why this is taking so long at this point the conflict's pretty clear he's a shithead and he's gonna make some stupid choices okay yeah. uh and so i don't know my my opinion of it was uh it probably could have been done better to the point where i would have you know enjoyed it as a passing movie and then just that that slog through the back nine was terrible mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but it's it was sort of a, it, it's a good plain movie except yeah. for one yes. you know except for the nudity and the, <laughs> yeah, the the plain edit might actually be a 90 minute movie yeah <laughs> uh i enjoyed um you know the the coming of age arc and then you know the channing tatum character mike realizing that he also is learning yeah. um you know if they had just sort of 
smoothed that over and moved a little bit faster. It was a better movie than I thought it was going to be, and yet still a terrible movie. And also, as I'm scrolling through Google Image Search of Cody Van Horn, um, I, I think that that terrible tattoo that peeks out from her bikini that gets commented on, I think that's actually a real... Oh, like no. that wasn't a that wasn't an ad for the because I, I I always think about that when I see somebody who has a, a bad tattoo in a movie. I like, wonder that if that was real? there for plot or was that real? Because she says like, oh, that that says I was 17 or something. And I, uh, I see pictures of it out of outside of the movie. Well, I was thinking about this just like as far as like tying up in the Florida stuff. It's like Tampa or wherever they are. It just seems so kind of grody and Gross. depressing. Yeah. Yeah. But then when they're on that, like. I don't know. Sandbar. I'm like, oh, that kind of seems fun and pretty, but like that's sort of the dichotomy of Florida. It seems yeah, but gross. The, the and, people that. Oh no, the people are, the are worst, just. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like it's the dichotomy of being in sort of a pretty location with g- gross people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more observations that I just I need to make. Number one, doing drugs looks very unpleasant <laughs> in this movie. It doesn't look fun at all. Only the only fun one is when Adam first does drugs and gets to feel <laughs> Matt Bomer's wife's boobs. I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, I guess. I guess that was fun, but it looks it looks terrible. Um, there there was a part that made me sad, which was sort of played for laughs, kind of when uh, Joe Manganiello's character is hoisting around the lady oh, who's I kind of chubby and throws even, his back first, out. She's not even yeah. that big. That was at bad. All. I no, was like, no. Steven Soderbergh, that was gross. That was, was uncalled for. It was completely uncalled for. And like, I kind of like looked at, I was like, well, I don't even understand what's going on. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, oh, God, that's so stupid. Yep. <laughs> Don't lift a fat girl. I oh, know. <laughs> okay, Joe Mangello. Yep. And the the only other thing that I want to say is that those long baggy shorts were the worst in 2012, and they're still the worst <laughs> now. The, the shorts that go down to men's calves. <gasps> What's the point? What not is the deal with that? That's like a capri pant. That's a <laughs> I don't like that look at all. And the t-shirt that's like six sizes too large. No, let's not do that, guys. Oh, man. No, oh, Mike. Oh, Channing. God love mm-hmm. you. Um, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to watch the sequel, but I did say to Sam, I think it would be funny if Magic Mike XXL was about guys who are built kind of like me, <laughs> like uh, like the old Chris Farley SNL Chippendales, <laughs> yeah. Full Monty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Full so just uh, get a bunch of uh, teddy bears up there doing their thing. That'd yeah. be Magic Mike XXL extra wide. <laughs> the, the Full Monty is a much better male stripper movie than yeah. Magic Mike. It was also yes. nominated for Best uh-huh. Picture. Mm-hmm. Where was that set? England. England. Like York? Maybe. Right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out how when we're going to get there. <laughs> 2046 is when yes. the road trip hits England. We'll see you then. All right. Moving on. We're, we're leaving Tampa, sadly, by my by Channing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're going to Liberty City, Miami for Moonlight. Christy, take it away. Yes. I picked Moonlight. I had never seen it before, which is really weird because I usually watch all the Oscar nominated movies. Um, I think this was just a year I was super busy, but also it didn't um, appear in many theaters at first. Yeah. Um, so had anyone else seen it before? No, I'd no. never seen it. No. I've honestly had it in my Netflix 
queue. What are we? My, my, my stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had a bookmarked in Netflix for like a year now, and mm-hmm. I never was quite in the right mood to watch it because I knew it was probably going to be a rough watch. Yeah. And I didn't have the emotional wherewithal to tackle it. So I'm very glad that you picked it yeah. because yeah. it really pushed me to watch something that I had been wanting to watch. Yeah. I, I had no idea what it even was about, except I knew that it, that um, one of the characters was gay because it won a lot of um, accolades um, from glad and stuff like that at the time. So uh, it takes place, it's it's the story of a boy, and it takes place in three different timelines in his life, um, where he's a small child. I don't know, how old do you think he is? Eight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's about right. And then when he's a teenager, probably 16 or 17, and then um, full-grown man later on. And it's just the story of his mom was a drug addict, and he was um, picked on at school. I mean, physically abused at school. Right. Um, For the way he, that he walks. Yeah. Well, meaning meaning gay. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they the kids all picked on him, and he w- he was running from them. And then a um, boss drug dealer, <laughs> <laughs> kindly came, drug dealer, yeah, came and took him in. And he probably saw a little bit of himself in him, right? And so he took him in and took him. The kid refused to tell him where he lived and wouldn't talk. So he took him home to his um, beautiful wife or girlfriend. Oh, my goodness. Who uh, it's like looking at the sun. (laughs) She's so Mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. This was Janelle Monet. I mean, I it was hard. It was hard. (laughs) Hard in a good way to look at her. Um, So they take him in and they feed him and they um, treat him nicely. And then. the drug dealer, his name is Juan. He takes him out and he teaches him how to swim and he's telling him, you know, all the stuff that you would hope a parent would say is, um, you can be anything. Um, don't let people call you names. Like it, it just stick up for yourself. But the most heartbreaking part came from when the kid realized his mom does drugs and that Juan had sold her the drugs. Yeah. (laughs) And he just like, held his head i mean that won him the the oscar right there right like the face he made and hanging his head in shame but he told the truth i mean the kid just gets up and leaves yeah yeah i mean the eyes on that little boy i forget what his name oh my god they did such a good job of finding three actors that look so similar yeah. yeah, the casting was great. And also, kid so act- I hate kid actors most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This kid was amazing. Well, as so a subset of the- all children. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hate them more than most children. So was the Kevin character. He mm-hmm. was a really good actor, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then it moves on to him being in high school, and he's still getting picked on. And um, he is also still hanging out with... Um, I think her name was Teresa, Teresa and Juan, mm-hmm. except is that when Juan's dead? When he's yeah. In, when in high school. Yeah. So they don't really go into it really. They just said he's, he's dead, but he still sees Teresa and that's great. And his mom is bullying him to give money. And also she's like very upset that this Teresa person is a way better mother than mm-hmm. she is. Yeah. Well, um, his mom is way far gone on the drugs. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. It's really, really sad. Um, and then he has his first sexual encounter with um, Kevin. 
And uh, that was a huge moment in his life. And then the next day, um, Kevin punches him Mm. because the school bully tells him to do it. Like, I'm going to pick a guy and you have to do it. And then from that, that just... It it was so heartbreaking because the next day he he gets beat up and then he goes to jail. Like he gets sent to Atlanta to serve time, and that basically um, decided the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I I mean I don't agree uh, with violence as a problem solver, but I wasn't totally sad that he broke that chair over the bully's head oh no. for no. sure yeah, that was for that yeah. very I was impressive hoping he would take a, a leg of it and stab him <laughs> i mean he would have got the same amount of time right? <laughs> so the third act is him as an adult and he's living in atlanta and selling drugs now um where he i mean he definitely looked up to juan like that was his only father figure or maybe even only parental figure right that told him he could be what he anything he wanted to so he what i believe is that he became this um, version of toxic masculinity to hide yeah yeah um because he was very um embarrassed or scared of that and then we later find out he meets up with kevin again and we find out that that was the first and last time he's ever had a sexual encounter which is so sad so sad. Mm-hmm. So but, sad. It, but i like to think that it ended and they lived happily ever after i read a lot of reviews afterwards okay. yeah because like I, I told you guys i finished watching it and then i was like well mm-hmm. now what do i do with the rest of my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i couldn't figure out what to do it seems sort of weird to like put on a sitcom or something (laughs) right um so i read a lot of reviews of it and i think i don't remember which one maybe it was the boston globe said that the the three acts were sort of like you could call them wounding scarring and healing yeah Yeah. the three yeah the three different sort of phases of his life because i think you're totally right christy he's made himself physically into something in the in the last Very segment that yeah. you know something that is un, untouchable something that's tough and strong and my god Travante Rhodes is jacked yeah, yeah. shit is yeah. Holy cute cow. too yeah. oh my, oh my god gosh. and it's all to tr- try and keep him from getting hurt again and mm-hmm. and from having to confront mm-hmm. those terrible emotional wounds that he's carried well and he wants to be to look exactly opposite of gay yes of what of right. what yep. abused yeah. him his entire life it was it, it, i i liked like how i had a friend one time when um it came out i said did you like moonlight because i hadn't seen it and she was like yeah but i don't really understand what the big deal is and so i went into it being like was it overblown or whatever you know but everybody i know pretty much has had been like no no it's amazing and obviously it won best picture um and it is like one of those movies that's not allowed. I mean, there are parts, you know, of violence, but it's not super like in your face. You know, this this is important. You have to mm-hmm. pay attention to this. Right. It's kind of quiet. And so it took me a little bit to be like, wow. I mean, while I'm watching it, I'm just kind of following the plot a little bit. And then you just think about it for days and days afterwards. And you're like, that was so much more impactful than I think at first I had let it be. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I think... 
I would call it a tone poem. Yes. Of a movie. Yeah. That's all about mood and subtlety. And you're right. They don't hit you over the head with anything because I think that it trusts the viewer to be able to understand the nuances of what this poor kid Mm -hmm. is going through and is feeling and the struggles that that come from this. I thought it was extraordinary. Oh my gosh, the sound and the lighting and Mm -hmm. the camera work was amazing. Like when they were in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. He was teaching him how to swim like that. I I did kind of tear up at that part. There's a, there's a ton of background on the chopped and screwed piano court, uh, the piano trio Mm -hmm. that a lot of that music is that I won't get into here because it'll take forever and it'll be me putting on my musicology hat. (laughs) But the, um, the fusion there of styles is incredible. And I'm amazed that this movie, I know it was nominated for cinematography and editing and it didn't win either Mm -hmm. of them. And it lost cinematography because of La La Land. But, but that stunned me just the, the way it was shot and put together Mm -hmm. the, the visual, um, impact of the film it's not a movie i you know i i half watched magic mike okay so how dare you i couldn't that's very i couldn't look away from this movie exactly exactly um i watched the dancing scenes to be clear magic mike i put my i pulled my eyes away for the stupid conversation scenes important parts right i only read magic mike for the articles (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I, i couldn't not watch Moonlight. I yeah. I just you know the I I had to follow it the whole time visually because it was just so uh, rich and thoughtful and mm-hmm. like when you those moments where you're hearing the dialogue but their faces are are still mm-hmm. yeah incredible yep I, as long as beautiful. you bring La La Land into this oh. I saw La La to. Land that year I can't believe there was ever a competition between the two yeah. of these for right? best picture because I went to see La La Land and I didn't hate it I was like well that was sort of lovely looking it is what it is but i'm not sure what i'm supposed to take away from this like it was kind of a puzzling movie and i mean let's not talk about the singing Singing. of emma stone and ryan gosling um right um but i found moonlight to be so profound i know well i mean i think the case was that you know hollywood loves a movie about themselves right Um, and it is Hollywood doesn't really make musicals anymore, so it was sort of exciting to have a modern musical. And I fully agree about the singing of, of the two leads in La La Land. Um, but the opening scene is so yes. fun, and I think yep. everybody was yep. like, wow, best picture. Th- this is it. Like, this is it. <laughs> and I have watched that scene a lot. I've only seen La La Land in full once, and I will admit I loved it. I was like, this was so fun, and it reminded me of me fun. living in Los Angeles and really enjoyed it. I wasn't like... This is a movie. It's not like um, uh, singing in the rain. Like this is a movie I'm gonna tell my kids about. But I was like, oh, that was fun, and then that scene was pretty cool. They closed down, you know, a hi- you know a major highway in Los Angeles, and I was like, oh wow, that was really cool. And then I never really thought about it again. So when it no. came up, I was like, even though I hadn't seen um, Moonlight, I was very agnostic about it. I was like, well, whatever. I mean, I've seen La La Land, but if everybody says Moonlight is good, and also it was right after the election. So I was like, you know what? If this is going to represent like (laughs) seemingly La La Land represents like the Trump voter, which is funny because it doesn't, but like if it does, and then (laughs) Moonlight represents like, you know, the Hillary Clinton voter or whatever, I'm like, well, I'm just going to go for Moonlight. And it was 
Um, like Christy and I have discussed, it is our personal Zapruder film. I watched, <laughs> I watched that Oscars announcement. I'm not even kidding you. Like, so many times. Maybe three times a year, but like maybe more actually. Cause I just, I don't know what it is about it. It's like there's chaos and there's, it's, there's different people you can look at. You're like, okay, I'm going to right now, I'm just going to focus on this one person. I'm going to focus on mm-hmm. Emma Stone. Like how is she reacting right now? I'm going to focus on blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it is, it makes me sort of sad because, you know, Barry Jenkins is clearly a genius. Um, and it was, it sucks that it seems like it was a tie when it's not a tie, you know, it wasn't a tie. Mm -hmm. It just, it was, he, they won it and it was really exciting. And there, the joy is tangible when you watch it, but it's like they, you know, Warren Beatty has to talk for fucking 30 minutes about, you know, how he was doing. And it's like, no man move. Like even the, actually the producer, I think his name is like Jordan Hoffman or something like that. The producer of La La Land. He did a great job like of saying, no, it's them. Like we got to stop. Like don't like mm-hmm. stop bullshitting around and showing the card as they yeah. zoom he was in so on. Good. He was really, really good. And he, you know, they all left the stage and then fucking Warren Beatty has to like chitter about it. And like, I know. promise I'm not senile. <laughs> well, you're I like, can read you kind of are. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and seeing this now, I'm, I'm really happy that I finally saw it because it just, it's spectacular. It really is. Mm-hmm. And it's not a movie musical. It's not, but it is a spectacular movie and has sat with me for as many days as I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it. I think about it. It's, it's as emotionally vulnerable a movie as, as I've ever seen. And I've, I've had a couple of experiences in therapy where like we had a session where we got like real deep into something. And after it was over, I couldn't go home. Yeah. Because I just like wanted to drive around for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there was this feeling of sort of like I'd had my chest cut open and Mm -hmm. my heart was exposed. And I felt really sad and really vulnerable, but also really cathartic. And I felt the same way at the end of that movie because I just thought it was so beautiful and so true. Yep. Good, but thank you. I'm yeah. really happy that I, because much like Anne, I was like, well, it's on Netflix. Like, I should watch it. Yeah. And same. it just was never something that I was like, you know what I want to dive into right now? Moonlight. <laughs> yeah. But it a is movie a movie that's going to tear like, up my heart. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watching this drama about an <laughs> abused black child. <laughs> but it is, um, it's lean, though, which is nice. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of fat on it. Like, it's, it, it kind of trucked along pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was surprised actually. I, when it I w- yeah. When it ended, I was mm-hmm. like, wait, it's over. Yeah. That's it's been done. And two it's, hours it's or whatever. Two yeah. hours and yeah. 10 minutes. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and this was our second plan B movie. Yes. Brad Pitt coming Brad through. Yep. Yeah. What he lacks sometimes in acting skills. I mean, I actually like him as an actor. Okay. But what he yeah. lacks sometimes in acting skills, he, uh, he makes for it up for him producing because he produces some really, really, really good movies. Really good ones. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Christy, I think you might have picked the best movie. Yes. Yeah. I think you might have won. Long term road trip, I think. <laughs> you win the trophy. Oh, of of ever? Been... Like of all the movies of, we've of, watched so far? Yes, of, of our oh, road trip, not so. of today. <laughs> I, I have mostly enjoyed the movies that we've watched, even the bad ones. Let's not talk about it happened last night or 
<laughs> about last night. Oh, about last night, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's put a giant asterisk by that movie. But like, there was something of, of value that I enjoyed in everything else that I watched, even if I wasn't super enthusiastic. But this movie is just yeah, it's special. Yeah, yeah it's I special. need to keep. I need to watch it again for different things. Like, where's the symbolism? Like, yeah. I, I need yeah. to. Bull Durham was before the road trip started, so we can <laughs> right, postpone right, that, that right. debate for another day. But uh, yeah, this was really uh, I, I I'm glad. Similarly, we finally had a reason to watch it because I just yeah. don't watch things unless somebody puts it on my plate. Yes, like yeah. serves it. Here you go. Watch this now. Um, well, thank you, Christy, for that. Moving on to our final movie, one that you know. Moonlight is so special, but it is, you know, it's deep and it's dark. It's It's, it's not an easy watch. This one went down like, (laughs) like candy. Yeah, it was, you know what? I mean, it looks like candy. It looks like a spoonful of sugar. Yes, it is. It is. uh, What is it? 1996? 1996 is... I, I don't know. The, I coughed a little bit on Hank Azaria as a Guatemalan houseboy. <laughs> oh, we'll get yeah. there. We'll yeah. <laughs> uh, the Birdcage. Uh, written, direct, written by uh, Elaine May uh, and directed uh, by... What's his name? Mike. Mike, Mike Nichols. Nichols. Oh, God, his name. Like a, anyway, so it has a, a pedigree based on the musical La Caja Full. Was it a musical or was it a play? Actually, that's a... That's a dumb question that I should know. I anyway. Know, but it became a Broadway musical. It did. It did. Maybe it was uh, a play that became a movie that became a musical. Yes. <laughs> One but, of those. <laughs> but set in Miami, it is The Birdcage. Um, and Meredith, it's yours. I hadn't seen this since it came out. And I was like, oh, I was a little bit nervous. And obviously there are things that are extremely dated. But I yes. LOL'd quite a few times in this a- movie. As Hillary would say, there are some yikes, yikes, yikes. <laughs> <parts."> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Meredith. <laughs> I was just wondering if you guys were going to just do it for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie, I had seen it once before, and it resonates with me a little bit, I guess, as the kid of a, a gay parent. Um, although they're nowhere as fun as Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Yeah. Um, so the the plot here, if you haven't uh, seen it, is that, that those two are a couple living in South Beach. They have a 20-year-old son who come oh. he like basically there's a scene 20 sure i know yeah. sure <laughs> there's a scene where he comes home to tell robin williams that he's getting married to a woman and robin <laughs> williams drains his whole cup of chardonnay which cracks me up because basically like i had that moment with my dad when i came out as straight and he was like ugh, gross yeah. um that's pretty funny um and of course, the woman that that the son is marrying is Callista Flockhart, <laughs> who's seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Wink, she's, wink. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, the daughter of a, an extremely conservative senator from Ohio, um, and so of course these two are going to get married. They have to do the thing where the parents meet and have dinner because, like, you can't avoid that, I guess. Uh, and then hilarity ensues as they all try to like rearrange their lives to pretend they aren't gay or Jewish. So both of those things are like no nos. Um, they change their last <laughs> name from Goldman to Coleman, and they empty out the house of all the furniture. They of try all the to phallic f- artwork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like just turn the statues around. No, that's not going to work. Um, and uh, so they try to try to pull this dinner off, and a, a lot of different. Uh, things happen to make it a disaster um but it ends up with them uh sneaking out of the back because they have a they have a, a drag club 
uh, underneath their apartment. Like the, they live above this place that they own and they end up putting, <laughs> I mean, it's so good <laughs> putting Gene Hackman in drag and sneaking him out the front door. Cause he's, he's like 10 feet tall. He looks so tall yeah. in this, uh, he's taller than everybody else in the club, and he's like clomping out in this big white dress and wig, and it's just like sort of Marilyn Monroe, kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, deal. Oh, it's so funny. Nathan Lane pretends to be a conservative housewife, <laughs> and he looks like Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, yeah, definitely Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> and as we mentioned already, Hank Azaria does another accent he shouldn't Ooh, be doing. Hank where Azaria. He's pretending to be a gay Guatemalan named. Oh. And he's neither in real life. Agador. Agador. Agador, but then he's pretending to be somebody named Spartacus, which isn't any better than Agador. But I think they're trying to sell him as... No, they're not trying to sell him as Greek. Because they're saying that Robin Williams is the attache to the Greek cultural attache to Greece. Yep. Yeah. That's his job. Has Hank Azera done anything where he isn't super racist? <laughs> I don't think so. Is, uh, is he racist in Brockmire, Bobby, or is no, he supposed to be racist? No, he's he's um, he's actually quite liberal and um, uh, of a good mind in Brockmire. While he's addressing his alcoholism and drug use and mm-hmm. vulgarity, um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Offhand. I mean, most of his voices on The Simpsons weren't racist. It was just a few that were. <laughs> just a few. I love him in Shattered Glass. Yeah. He did yeah. like half like of Kelly. the voices yeah. on Simpsons, right? Some of them were bound to be racist. Um, I, for sure, like the, the part where um, Nathan Lane, as the mother, is talking about like... <laughs> Don't don't kill abortion doctors. Kill the mothers. I I like this woman. The babies are gonna die anyway, so you know lost cause. There's the there's this whole side plot. Like the Gene Hackman is the senator, and he his partner in the creation of the Coalition for Moral Order ends up dying in the bed of an underage black whore is how they put it mm-hmm. um which is yikes yikes yeah. times yeah. 10 um and there's an obligatory jay leno segment about oh the shame. my god uh-huh. it's the 90s and they're yes. doing current events jay leno's like if you pay me at 500 dollars, i'll be there and they're like yeah. sure yeah. fine mm-hmm. um but the the floridaness of this is is pretty amazing um if you've ever been to to that part of miami it's a lot of like pastel art deco yeah and it's mm-hmm. really, really cool. The architecture mm-hmm. there is amazing. Um, I liked the cars. There's a they drive like a, a pale yellow Thunderbird convertible. It's really beautiful. Um, yeah. And then there's a montage of like trying to be a straight manly man, which is really great. <laughs> of like let's talk about football and let's walk like a man and punch each other. When he and he's like put the jelly on the bread. <laughs> and <it> starts <laughs> to scoop the toast. It. <laughs> he can't butter toast without his pinky sticking out. Yeah. And- Uh, and he's like don't use the spoon use the knife (laughs) i enjoyed all the rollerbladers in thongs Mm -hmm. yes on this Mm -hmm. like men in neon thongs and rollerblades or women where the bikini top triangle just i mean (laughs) barely covers it It got the nipple yeah you know so what more do you need Oh man! Yeah, and Gene Hackman driving through the streets and just watching these people go past. Yeah, his that's car. pretty funny. Yeah. He, basically, when I was watching this, and this happens a lot, is I 
you know, obviously I really enjoyed um, Robin Williams and uh, Nathan Lane. I really enjoyed Gene Hackman and Diane Weiss. They were all fun. The kids fucking sucked. Oh like, my they God. so yeah, bad. That son Oh, sucks. I like Dan Futterman, too. I do, too. Man, I think it shows you how much times have changed in 25 years because when he's, you know, asking his father and other father yeah. to deny their identity and you know put themselves yeah. back in the head. closet for this yeah. and he'd I rather think... call his mom who abandoned him as a baby right. yeah. that would never happen today no, no but no. yeah it just seemed like in 1996 that was sort of well yeah that's what you got to do you well, have to pretend it, yeah and i kind of had to put myself back there a little bit and think I mean, God, this guy kid is such a fucking punk, you know, and, and his dad is saying, like, I'm not going to hide who I am, and he's begging him to do it. But, you know, essentially, being gay was illegal then, you know? I mean, the way you have sex was illegal. The way you can't get married is illegal. You know, all of these things were kind of illegal. So I, I guess, you know, it's it seemed like more of a reasonable ask in 1996 but sure. like right now it just is like oh god it's gross it's weird yeah. because at first robin williams is like no i'm not hiding who i am and i was like yeah go robin yeah. williams and then he's like yeah. all right i'll do it yeah <laughs> it, it was really um sad and also of 1996 of its time when they were having when he had to like do legal paperwork because they couldn't they weren't married. They weren't domestic no. partners. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, the yeah. palimony yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what my dad had to do. Um, his partner died, um, I think, like, the day before gay marriage was legalized in oh, Michigan. God. So they had everything was um, – it had been for quite a while. Um, they had, like, trusts and things like that. You know, they had sat down yeah. with a lawyer and had everything kind of figured out. So my dad was able to go, like – be his you know person at the hospital and all that but it's hard to do and it costs money and you know yeah not everybody not automatic. did that and it's definitely right. not automatic and they they would have gotten married like he was in hospice at home they would have gotten married on at his hospice bed you know if he had managed to hold on for another couple of days um but yeah that sort of stuff was just really brutal until not that long ago no. yep no nope. it's kind of amazing how fast the culture has shifted. And I know that some places in the South, especially it, it hasn't shifted as fast as in other areas of the country, but sort of the, the, the way that gay people can live their lives now is sort of, is vastly different from just the time. Yeah. yeah, It's not cage. Still not super great. Not. Yeah. Um, especially if you live in somewhere like Arkansas. Right. Um, so we have a ways to go, but I think I'm glad we're beyond birdcage times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although some of the yeah. stuff that they were talking about, I was like, mm, you could hear some of that stuff. On yeah. Fox yeah. Yes. Totally. You know, uh, the other thing that I was thinking about not to excuse uh, Val, the son, is that he is supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be 20, 20. Yeah. For laughing at that. Dan Futterman was 28. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, Clisso Lockhart was like thirty, like <laughs> yeah. nineteen years old. Whatever, whatever. But he's supposed to be twenty, and that is such a selfish age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he didn't understand what he was really asking for. He was just desperate to be able to, you know, get horny with his girl. It's too young to get married, as I can say well, that now. Clearly, yep. clearly. <laughs> You're like, um, I can say this. I'm old enough to say that. <laughs> Um, but I, I, 
I hadn't seen it probably since I saw it, you know, in 1996. And I was like, oh, it's still a charming movie. And, and I know that, like, on um, TBTL, they had problems with Robin Williams, and he can be a lot. But I find him in this. I, I thought he was funny. Like, I enjoyed him. Oh, yeah. And, it, and mm-hmm. it probably because Nathan Lane is kind of takes on that role of being kind of yep. like, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going. And Robin Williams can be the more sober person. Yeah, and, he was and, like the reasonable yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys know that he was originally cast no. as Albert? No. Yes. Oh. Steve Martin was going to play Armand and Robin Williams was going to play Albert. And then Steve Martin had to drop out for scheduling reasons or something, Mm. I think. And at that point, Robin Williams said to Mike Nichols, you know, I think I'd really rather like try it this other part because he he wanted a part he'd come off like a bunch of flamboyant roles. And he said, I'd Mm -hmm. like to do something a little bit different. So no, I enjoyed. it. I and could see him playing the Albert role. Yeah, for, I mean, well, we mm-hmm. saw it in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Nathan Lane makes me laugh. He's so he's, like kind of borschtbelty, so but he makes me he, laugh. He's great. Like, I don't know. This is like the stereotypicalist sort of gay. I don't know queen role yeah. right it yeah. should be kind of offensive what he's doing but it's not because he's so <laughs> joyful and so yes mm-hmm. and true. it's like and he's well, it's not in just on the that joke. he's also an actor right like he's yeah. a performer right so that yeah he is a, he's a drag queen mm-hmm. yeah. and would we be okay with robin williams playing a gay man you know in the current climate uh. I just or I don't would know. we be like, well, why don't you just cast a gay, gay actor? I'm conflicted yeah. about that. Yeah, there's plenty because of then gay that means actors. Gay actors can't play straight, like right, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, Matt Bomer, you know, was ostensibly uh, yeah, straight. I didn't know. I I should have known that he was gay. <laughs> straight man is just not, <laughs> not that, that manicured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I try, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Something about the cheekbones. Too. <laughs> yes, <Just> exactly. <laughs> They're just perfect. But yeah, I had a good time watching it. I watched it on a sunny day because I was like, I ha- it has to be daytime to watch this. It just felt <laughs> right for mm-hmm. some reason. It's so brightly colored. Yeah. 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 I know. Mm-hmm. All right. But fun colors, too. So yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes. like Magic Mike was the cinematography. Some of it was weird because like any of the out side the club scenes were super bright and super washed out yes it's like but hazy it, yeah kind of scuzzy but uh well, the Florida. front page is well, i mean yeah. that's how you know it was really filmed there yeah, yeah. that's exactly magic mike is exactly what it looked like in fort mm. lauderdale <laughs> to me but but the the birdcage was very pleasant visually yeah. too yeah. yeah it was yeah all right guys i think we did it we took yeah. a journey around yeah. florida yeah, we really did. I enjoyed it, though. I had a good time with all of these movies. I did, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Question of the week, obviously. What movie makes you think of Florida? Get at us. Yes, please. I mean, I, we did them all, right? Yeah, we did all of them. There all of them. There's no more. Um, okay. I'm going to roll in now to teach you recommends after this very brief um, episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> LOL. Um, I um, was bullied by Twitter as I was reading it because everybody was watching the documentary about Tina Turner and saying it was amazing it's amazing and I'm like all right fine and my mom said it's amazing and then she got mad at me for not watching it and so I finally watched it last week (laughs) and it was indeed amazing 
really, really enjoyed it. It's a tough watch, obviously, um, because she lived kind of a tumultuous life. And there were a couple of times where I cried, not necessarily about the abuse. I mean, obviously that's really awful, but it was more just like how it kind of left her feeling even after she was super duper successful. Um, but she's seemingly living a very wonderful life in Switzerland now. Um, so good on her. Um, and it just reminds me of how many songs she had and how different and talented she was. Um, and just, was spectacular. So um, I really enjoyed it. Very, very Hillary, good. How do I watch that? It's on HBO Max. Oh, nice. Thank how you. does it compare to the, with, to what's love got to do with it? I mean, the film, um, uh, a little bit of trivia about me while my mom badgered me to watch this movie. What's love got to do with it was a movie in my mom. I think I was in eighth grade when it came out and she would not let me see it. This woman who took me to see coming to America in the theater <laughs> would not let me go see what's love got to do with it, which now I kind of understand because mm-hmm. I think she was better with like sex as opposed to violence. Uh, yeah. And that, sure. and that kind of violence too, I think mm-hmm. was, she was like, that's just too much. Yeah. Um, so I've actually um, canonically never seen it. Um, oh. Yeah, I've never seen <laughs> but <laughs> but um <laughs> in the canon of Hillary's life. <laughs> exactly. Which is definitely a movie, obviously. <laughs> um but um I you know, they do interview Angela Bassett in this. Um and you know, she talks uh, um what's interesting that in this documentary, Tina talks about how she was actually at that point really sick of talking about Ike. Like she just didn't want to talk about the abuse I mean, anymore. Would you want to? No. And every time she yeah. was interviewed, it was like, how would you think of the movie? How close was it to your real life? Was it really that bad? Um, but they don't, they talk through it and they talk about his abuse and she has a very, um, I don't know, a healed view of him at this point. Um, I mean, I'm sure she has hates him, but it is a, it's a, she kind of sees him with a little bit more sympathy than you would expect. I also have met, had I met Ike Turner once and like thinking about it, Lawrence Fishburne played him and Lawrence Fishburne is also another tall actor. I believe Ike Turner is maybe my height, like maybe my height. I mean, I have a picture that I took of him and my friend, which is very weird now thinking about it. Um, and they're the same height. So he's maybe five, four, um, you know, he was a musical genius, I think, but he was a bad person. So, you know, that's how it goes. Lawrence Fishburne, six feet, Ted Danson, six, two. (laughs) Ike Turner, bad person. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, shameless Amazon plug of the week. (laughs) Fuck you, Bezos. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. I think they defeated the Union Drive this week. Oh, they did. So yeah, they I'm pretty sad oh, about because they that. put up a fake mailbox. Do you see that? No, no. They put they put up a a sketchy mailbox outside of the the warehouse, and um, maybe it actually went to the mail, or maybe it didn't. But there, there's probably going to be a lawsuit. Mm, I hope so, and I hope. That all of Jeff Bezos's teeth fall out spontaneously. <laughs> I don't want him to like get hit in the mouth or anything. I just want them to start falling out one by one. And so he gets more and more and more worried every day. I like it. Yeah, there you go. 
That's not to me. You can get involved with the show at thisshowhaseverything.com. You can send us your feedback at throwyourphone.com. You can join the Facebook group at This Show Has Everything for ongoing conversations about many of these topics and more, including my favorite part, which is the feedback to the feedback when people start interacting <laughs> with one another and it just completely leaves our realm of what we can possibly share here. That's some of the best content. The show Twitter, which is occasionally updated, is at Tishy Show. You can email us at Tishy, T-S-H-E at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo to that address if you'd like to be featured on the show, as we've had a couple of other people today and in recent weeks. You can fax me any body part you like at 617-354-8513, Olivia Munn, or otherwise. Yeah, you've seen a lot of ass lately, so maybe a different body part. Uh, And uh, until next time, that was everything about Florida. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> what more needs to be said? <laughs> oh, we didn't even mention the alligator in the swimming pool. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Very <laughs> Florida. Just a bachelor I'm looking for a partner.
Oh, I think we've already scared off everyone who would stop listening. Yeah. Good. Right? Yeah. I think we've got it down to our core of, you know, a handful of friends. <laughs> so yeah. whatever. That's fine. I hope it's yeah. two handfuls. <laughs> Just leaving as much air around that as possible. <laughs> yep. um, Enough for a good honka honka. 